Infinite ammo. Stars. Alrighty. Hi, welcome to another episodic discussion. I'm here with a number of awesome guests and hosts, and we are going to be talking about the original Resident Evil 3. So uh, before we get into that, let me introduce myself as well as all the guests. Uh, my name is BioDevil Dom, BioDevil underscore Dom, and then uh, we'll just go down the list and introduce everybody. So first up, we got AK Austin. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, hello. It's me again. I'm back since last time. It's good to be here. Resident Evil 3, yeah. one of my favorite games of all time. Same. Uh, next up, we got Black Shadow. Yep. Howdy all. Back for more of one of Capcom's most famous series, along with many esteemed gentlemen. Although the rumor is one of these people are actually a super secret supervisor and stab us on the back. Find out who at the end of the show. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Divic. <laughs> Yep, here after a bit of a hiatus, but uh, glad to be here. Yep. After that, we got uh, Brandon. Uh, hi, I'm here again. Now. Oh. <laughs> Apparently on pain of death. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Sil Silver Crystal. Hello, guys. Back again for the second time. Hopefully sounding better. Ready for some Resident Evil 3. Nice. All right. Obviously, I didn't forget anybody, so... Asshole, so... introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm kidding. Uh, and last but not least, we actually have Renegade Operative with us today. Hello, people. How's it going? And uh, I guess I'm going to shoot someone in the back since I'm officially Nikolai in this podcast. So there you go. <laughs> As he says that with the Nemesis profile picture. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, so now that we got these intros out of the way, let's the very first question. Uh, describe your initial thoughts on Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, especially when you saw it for the first time. Um, for me, <laughs> for me, it was very, um, it's very interesting because um, I was just getting into RE and I started with five and I kind of went backwards, uh, where. Five was like the first game that I was introduced to, but four was the first one that I completed. And then I went back to play one, two, and three on a PlayStation Store. And um, something about three, just looking at just the title screen for it and everything, I, I just knew that it was going to be my favorite game in that uh, classic trilogy. It was just a really different experience compared to basically all of the other RE games. Yeah, I can definitely uh, attest to that, though. But my first time experiencing RE3 was um back around the same time when I played Dino Crisis 2 in the Democrat trilogy. Uh, I just, like, had a string of games to play, so I popped each of them out, though. I didn't make it far past the first encounter of Nemesis. That's as far as I remember. It wasn't until, like, about six-ish, seven years, years later when I played the game again on, on my PS3 and PSV because of, you know, the PS1 Classic program Sony has. So, yeah, yeah since then, I, I fell over the game. I beat it multiple times, and I, I just honestly can't get enough of it. Mm. 
yeah, I'm done. Yeah, it was, uh, um, oh, it was a little bit ahead. later after release for me, I think. I was trying to work it out. I think it was about like 2002, maybe 2003, I think, for me. Because I was kind of went through all the kind of all the REs kind of in one big big go because obviously loads of them were out then. 2003 was like, you know, Free was out, CVX was out, um, you know, starting to delve obviously in the PS2 era. Um, so obviously it's a bit more later on, but RE3 certainly out of the, out of the sort of the, its era, its generation of the fixed camera, certainly to me felt like the most kind of complete of the lot. If, uh, you know, the Resident Evil 1 was kind of very trially, very blocky, um, kind of crude, and then 2 was the expansion to something much more fully fledged than free was like kind of i think where the series really started to you know play around with more of like the environment you know everything looks so much more better there was so much more attention to like the backgrounds everything just felt so much more complete so um i remember my my enjoying the game very much um i kind of oddly struggled with this game though i think there is um for people who haven't played this game before there's uh an understated difficulty i think a lot of people actually kind of forget about this game like once you played it a bit it's fine but that first experience, from my memory, was was surprisingly tricky, mainly because of you know one individual. But we'll get there. I won't lie. This game is definitely you know, especially when you first pick it up, is a lot harder than um one and two was. I feel like honestly, going from like say one to Cold Veronica, I feel like two, it's not two, um three is like the second hardest um game, at least to pick up and play. Yeah, I mean, Cold Veronica. I mean, RE2 yeah, is agreed. probably one of the easiest games, probably of the Oh, yeah, 2 is ever. ridiculously easy. Very, very easy. You, yeah. it's, it's not about difficult. It's about, you know, the story and the, you know, enjoying <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. 3 was, they definitely helped it. Like. Yeah, like, because I played Resident Evil 2, like, not too long ago before playing Resident Evil 3 again. And by the end of the game, you can have up to, like, if you manage your ammo right, you can have, like, 56 Magnum shots at the end. <laughs> yeah, potentially. <laughs> it's I mean, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. They um even on like the hard difficulties and even nowadays if you start playing like modified versions of the game, um it's still not excessively challenging. Um, but I think the first time you play it though, like when you're you're kind of unsure what's going on, what to expect, and the game kind of can ambush you, which is I think one of the things it does. It's it's a very good ambusher, um kind of you know puts you in the situations you don't expect. And there's, we'll talk about it a bit more as we go on. It's kind of how it's designed. You know, you're forced to kind of react to the situations around you a lot more than any of the prior games uh, do so. So I think that's its, its main strength there. And probably why, for first-time players, it's it, it's a challenging little title. There's a lot to kind of get your head around. Um, and as usually the way, as the, the player is given more abilities to do more in the game, to react better, to move better, to control your sort of own destiny, typically that means that it's going to throw more crazy shit at you. And that's exactly what it does. Definitely. I mean, I was one of those people who played the the series kind of out of order i started with four back to two then went and played one then came to three like in probably my mid-teens and i'm one of those people who's compulsively played resident evil 2 like still do now all the time play it speed run it continuously but the jump in difficulty between two and three is a very very stark thing at times definitely and you know I kind of came into it expecting a similar sort of ride, Resident Evil 3, as I, you know, did in 2. And then a certain giant hulking monstrosity turns up in front of you and, you know, it's like, wow, this is one hell of a roadblock. So it was um, an experience. There are other issues as well, as we'll get to. There's some other pretty nasty enemies about. Um, But obviously he, obviously Nemesis is like the main thing and... 
especially for the first half of the game, he's a real issue. I don't, I never particularly rated like the second half of the game. I think again, we'll talk more about him in, in more detail, but I actually reckon he's different. He probably goes down as the game goes along, you know, but at the start of the game, when you're limited to, you're excessively limited on, on weaponry. Um, you know, like there's a desire to fight him, but not only is it, it, it being able to fight him with weaponry, it's being able to understand how he works and how to actually fight him without just getting completely obliterated. Um, and like pretty much everyone, I'm sure, tried to at least have a crack at him some point in the police station. I'm pretty sure almost everyone died the first time because, you know, that's how this game works. There's no shame in that, though. I know I did. <laughs> yeah, but like with. I was just gonna say really quick, like even um thinking about it like with the um even before you go into the police station, that very initial encounter where they give you the option to fight him, like, yeah, you could do it. That doesn't mean you're gonna survive. Um <laughs> I know I did I did a number of times until I finally got him down. Yeah, it it's tough, but it's like so satisfying when you do actually get him down and like consistently can do it too. It's yeah, it's a lot of for fun. one, you actually reward it for doing so as well. So yeah. like it makes it even better to actually beat him. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up too because I feel like the uh, the rewards off of Nemesis are far more substantial compared to what uh, Mr. X would drop into. Yes, but Nemesis is a significantly more challenge. I mean, Mr. X, you just you just blast him, and he just walks up to you, and then you run away, and you blast him more, and he goes down basically, unless you're in a really awkward spot. Nemesis is significantly more dangerous and, and that's how they yeah. want to be you want to be a much more oppressive and like in your face sort of threat and which is exactly what they achieved so. essentially cool. the reward you get from both you know creatures fits the um their obstacles as you say because is harder so therefore you should get a much stronger reward i.e guns and whatnot versus mr x you just get your ammo back for beating him exactly but um david though you should uh, did you go yet Oh no, I was just uh, waiting here patiently. Yeah, I um so being the, you know, kind of older dude, I uh, I had played Resident Evil 2 um very shortly after Christmas in, you know, late January, early February 98. Um grandparents got it for me, which is kind of half the reason I'm into survival horror is cuz of them. Mm -hmm. Um so the next year, um after it had come out, they picked up Resident Evil 3 for me and um super into 2. Oh. Uh, three scared the bejesus out of me because the first, you know, nemesis encounter. Um, and I, I don't know. I, it was one of those games. I actually play three more than I play two currently. Uh, I'll go back every couple months and play two just to, you know, kind of mess around in it. But three, uh, for reasons we'll probably end up getting into, I just, I keep coming back to it. And I, you know, played it as a kid, played it through high school, still played as an adult. Um, but yeah, getting exposed when I was a a wee lad. So it, it sits pretty high up there with influences and kind of reasons I'm into the genre. Uh, did anybody else want to go? Or, like, did Bren want to go? Because I'm not sure if he went. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I'm just uh, sort of fucking with some settings. But yeah, for RE3, I don't have a grand story with picking it up and playing it. I just simply saw the commercial that they show where it's like, oh, it's in your blood or whatever. And Nemesis was walking around and they showed the zombies and the RPD attack. And that was very interesting. For the most part, that's how I got into the game. And I think RE2 was the precursor to that. It's like, I definitely played that first. And then I saw the commercial and I was like, I'm so hooked on this. I really need to play it now. And that's how I got into the game. Then it came on PS Plus and I was like, cool. Now I get to play it like 
super you know late into the game and experience it again after i didn't have a pc for like quite a bit and that's how i played like the original ra3 loved it enjoyed it fast paced good horror yeah. all right well uh, i guess i'm next because i'm the last one here so uh my grand story with resident Evil 3 is that it was my number one at least of the old ones and also just playing it off of like memory it used to be my top like favorite resident Evil game of all time is because i was born in 2001 my dad was a huge survival horror fan and many others especially like metal gear and we he had owned a gamecube just when the time i can remember i was able alive like 2004 2005 is when he got it and he had resident evil 3 for the gamecube that game terrified me. Nemesis, legit, was my nemesis of childhood. I could never beat him. I always needed my dad. And to this day, ever since I beat him when I was, like, probably 10 or 11, when I can actually, like, play the game a lot better than I was when I was four years old, it's just... It's one of my favorite Resident Evil games, not only because it's more of an arcadic game, it's just that you play as Jill... And she is such a badass in this game. And just the amount of punishment she could take from Nemesis is astonishing. And it's just one of my main reasons why I just love the game. Is that you play as Jill. One of the better versions of Jill, in my opinion. And Nemesis is just such an iconic and unique enemy to the franchise. That you just can't... You can't not love the game to say like, Okay, Nemesis is pretty badass. And I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. When I when I really think about it, too, it's like, um, like there's so many cool things about like RE3 that just uh, really make it stand out. And I just feel like um, when you talk about it and you see how many people kind of kind of talk about it in the community who prefer RE2 over three, it really just feels a little unfair considering the fact that they. Uh, kind of underplay or uh, kind of downplay uh, RE3 for what it really did. And um, I kind of want to get into that with question number two. So I'll have, uh, uh, why don't we have Ren read off number two? How do you feel about the quality of life improvements for the player from Resident Evil 2 to its sequel? Examples include the DOS system, new very enemies like the AR, custom made weapons, ammo crafting and the ability to create enhanced ammunition the 180 degree turn adding more action elements who wants to go first uh, oh, I can. Uh, oh okay. you go ahead That's all right you yeah. um so dodge system incredibly wonky but it'll save you at the weirdest times it's <laughs> it's nice to have but it's you can never reliably pull it off um the the stuff like the ar like the percentage based weapons or the mine i think the mine layer is what it's called or whatever you know shoots the explosives in the mine nemesis fight yeah mine thrower thank you um and enhanced ammunition great because if you decide to stick with a certain kind of ammo for a run uh you know you're just crafting pistol ammo constantly and you get access to that enhanced ammunition like it's game changing um quick turns always great Action elements always fun because the story moves along at a clip. You're still getting your your horror set pieces, but you're also getting action set pieces at the same time. And then one thing that's actually not on here is there's um, a lot of pseudo random randomization in the game. That's the next um, question. 
Okay. I didn't even see it. So <laughs> yeah, it, I will yeah. not touch on that yet, but stuff that's added in the little quality of life changes. Um, awesome. It, it's sometimes having played RE3 so much, it's sometimes difficult to go back to two in some ways, not having those. I know that there's versions of two that have a, a quick turn, I think. But, um, not the original version. If you play the source yeah, it would be versions, the it, yeah. uh, for the PC, the later re-releases, they they they'd added that in because yeah. it was like a lot of things. It's it's, it's, it's a pretty... lifesaver. It's like you can't once you start using Quick Turn, you can't imagine a, a tank control it. style game without it. it, it um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, the quality of life stuff is great. That's why that's one of the reasons I go back and play three more than two. Is like it just you know still tank controls, but it just feels a little bit more fine tuned. Um, from both mechanics perspective and kind of story beat perspective, like it just, you know, keeps coming at you, coming at you. Yeah, I mean, I think for myself, like I've always kind of held RE2 in a slightly higher regard to 3, even though 3, like, mechanically is the superior game. And there's various reasons that there's there's some things that was introduced to the game that have stuck along for the series, ethos of some time, some of it that's still here twenty odd years later. You know the the ammo crafting system. You know what was in free. Obviously, then never appeared until the uh, the remake started coming out back in with Resident Evil Two remake, and they suddenly brought the the system back. Um, and for good reason. It allows again that you got a lot of opportunity. It's Resident Evil Three Nemesis is kind of the most complete game I think of of the original trilogy. RE One was again very crude. It was very kind of experimental. It was about kind of you know, it was very crass, but it did its job. You know, it generated a, a lot of interest. It was fun to play, even if it was a bit rough around the edges. Two was the ability to say, right, we've got a core idea. Now we expand upon it. You know, we take ourselves from some buildings to a city. We pretty it up. We give more graphical effects. You know, we kind of flesh out a lot of the uh, the abilities of the people you can do, you know, flesh out a lot of the enemies, especially, you know, bring up some diversity. Once you've done that and you've established that works, then you have the ability to kind of expand more upon the player and what uh, the, the player can do in the world. And I think that's what Resident Evil 3's kind of legacy is. It's the first opportunity for, to, to really kind of play your own style, whereas RE2 is very, uh, you know, you kind of, everything's set, it's kind of scripted, you know, it's a fairly, although it's a big building, it's actually quite, it can be quite a, a linear sort of progression because you can only go from certain section to section kind of in a set path, even though there's an illusion that that's not the case. Resident Evil 3, however, is like really kind of like almost open world to a degree. You know, there's obviously various things you've got to do. You look at, say, powering the trains, you can get to the clock tower, you've got to get to the news agents, you've got to go to the pharmacy area, you've got to go to the substations, but you can do that in theory in any order you so want. And the order you choose to do can affect what you pick up it can affect some of the minor plot beats that occur you know you can get different kind of different stories that happen with what happens to carlos and nikolai different cutscenes, and all this sort of stuff and it just gives us this, this feeling of of a bigger world that you occupy um it's not just you know one player or one person or two people's survival for a city that's infested it's suddenly it's like it becomes your experience i think kind of living through the uh, the eyes of jill um, I think yeah, that's a little bit more to, to the point. Yeah, so ammo crafting, I think, is, is one of the real key indicators of this, because then you could, you know, obviously fight the enemies kind of on however you decide. You know, you can, if you're happy just to use pistols and shotguns and you're kind of happy with all that, yeah, you can just stick to that ammunition. And it's great. You stick with that. You gradually can make more and more of it. And then you have the opportunity to start creating the enhanced ammo. Very, very fun stuff. 
if you want to play around with some of the more kind of experimental weaponry, you know, you've got your grenade launcher, you've got all sorts of different kinds of weapons of types of munition, your acid rounds, your fire rounds, all that sort of thing. You can play around with that. And it just, it's a very simple thing to introduce. But it adds so much kind of um, a personalized sort of adventure to the player to play it in their own style. If you want to save up all your powders and just get a load of magnums at the end, great. You can do that. Fantastic. But if you don't want to, you're not forced to. And it just gives that sort of uh, ability to play your own style, uh, which I think is very kind of beyond before its time. You know, nowadays it's like it's a given. You, know, you would criticize a game if it didn't give you sort of the ability to kind of play in sort of your own style. Back in 1999, it just wasn't a thing. This didn't happen unless you were playing like sort of RPGs. You know, you, in these sort of games, you had a set enemies you had to fight and you had to deal with them in particular ways. It was like the first opportunity for you to kind of, you know, go for an apocalypse and fight it almost however you want to, which I think was fantastic. The other bits and pieces are all just kind of general things, you know, the, the, the 800 degree turn. Yeah, of course, that's fantastic, you know, and, and it made a big difference. Um, I think the DOS system is a little bit misunderstood. Um, it doesn't help. I'm, I'm playing like the, the overhaul mod currently um, on Twitch, which has like a, a variant of it. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those systems that it's never been particularly reliable. However, once you kind of understand how it works and how it's meant to work, you can kind of get semi-use out of it, although it is still a bit suspect at times and you shouldn't rely upon it. But again, you think from this and how it moved on, you know, to, you know, into later games that have allowed dodges, you know, the Revelation series um, brought in dodges much more um, physically. Resident Evil 3 obviously revisited this and kind of made it a much more free form. But you had to start somewhere. And I think it was a, it was a decent place to begin. I think it was improved yeah. from what we were. At the very least. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my, uh, that's my of... main two cents of it. it. It just feels a much, much more complete title from the previous game. Um, it just, you just feel a lot more in control of your own destiny, and you're not so railroaded. You can kind of take things at, as you will. And that's great, you know, having that bit of flexibility to deal with certain things. You know, just even little mini choices just makes a big difference in the, in the grand scheme of it. Yeah. Like, with my experience with the quality of life stuff from 2 to 3, and like you said, the dodge system is very misunderstood. It is, I would agree that it is very much misunderstood, because when I did my replay through for this podcast, my muscle memory of dodging Nemesis was still on point. Like, the only times he would hit me is if my back's turned against him and I'm running away from him, or I just get an unlucky break where he just does his fast attack. Where I, I, I mean, I will not say that it's great i don't think it's a great system um and there are times where you can play for it and you don't get it but it's kind of understanding that you have to be like not doing something which is i think catches a lot of people out early because you go to the first fight of nemesis you know and you think right i've got to fight nemi right what's the biggest weapon i've got on me right a shotgun shotgun sounds good let's go fight nemesis with the shotgun the problem is the shotgun takes so long to fire and to reload is that you're basically a sitting duck you're actually probably better off using a handgun at the early game just because of the way the dodge system works, because you need it early on because of how hard he is to fight. It's just and, one of those little things. Well, in fairness, though, you just go to the item video and combine the ammo with the gun, so that will save you like a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. Or just don't fight but, Nemesis early on. That would, that's also an intelligent decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, with that, though, like, I do agree with the dodge system, though. I think the big thing you could say about it is that um, it's more inconsistent anything else because so, even if you understand the system though sometimes it just will not work 
like the best enemy to use against really is nemesis because how he worked hmm. yeah, but, yeah. Or, uh, the one thing i will give it is that it did give the player an ability to like to, to not get swamped by enemies because that wasn't that was a massive issue in the first game it still occurred a little bit in re2 where you could get like attacked from both sides you kind of like you free yourself from one direction then you get attacked from the other then by the time you freed yourself there you get an attack from the front end. it's just a never-ending chain at least it gives the opportunity to kind of like try and get out of those situations should they occur you're correct though but here's also where the inconsistency comes in um joe has two um types of um dodges whether she push or she literally do a barrel roll out out the yes. way right Depending where you are or where the game is at, though, sometimes Jill will actually roll into a corner and get yourself um, stuck in a corner. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. the push yeah, is context sensitive, you know? So yeah. that's where the inconsistency comes from, you know? Yeah. And it's there's there, no but... on half of these dodges either, which is also a potential issue. You know, you could like yep. do a dodge and then says time the dodge. And it's just not the correct type of dodge the game gives you. And you still get hit anyway. Stuff like that is annoying, but like it's. Yeah. I'd it's rather have it than not. Bids. Like yeah. you're not, you can't expect pinpoint precision. This is a very crude system. Um, it's obviously not aged great. Um, I go again like, into the overhaul mod now, uh, Lord of Necropolis. I'm dealing into where you kind of have the dodge system kind of on command, although it's even it's still a little bit scatty at times. But like you had to start somewhere, and I think for what it was and what it tried to do. It got you out of enough jams that it didn't feel like a like a complete waste of time. Like it when it worked, great. It was cool. You know, like the hunter attacks, like they come to go at you, they take the swing to kill you, you dodge out the way, you're on the ground, then you get, suddenly you've got a faster fire with your pistol. If you're using one, you can just shoot away, stuff like that. So it had its time moments, but it was it was crude. Mm, I think I'm... the best way to summarize. No, sorry, sorry. You're fine. I'm just going to say the best way to summarize the dodge mechanic, and I'm going to feed into this with the ammo mechanic in a second, but the dodge mechanic is functional, but not well polished by any means. It's functional. And tying into the ammo mechanic as well, earlier people were talking about how exceptionally difficult the early fights or the first couple of fights with Nemesis can be. Now, this is why I really like the ammo mechanic and the dodge mechanic because the two can really tie into each other think about the first fight for example you've got a pistol and a shotgun and unless you've got at least some knowledge of that dodge mechanic down the sheer amount of punishment nemesis can take versus your health you are going to go down before he is it's almost guaranteed in fact it's totally guaranteed the I was testing out a little little strategy in my playthrough before I came on here, which I finished today. The only way you're going to have an easy ride with Nemesis early on is the second fight. And that's because by then you will have accrued enough A and B gunpowders to mix together freeze rounds, which is specifically weak against. But then there's also an RNG mechanic because what weapon spawns in that locker can be randomized, can't it? Yes, yeah, it, it can, you can find the great launcher in the in the stars locker, which is great because you can definitely do that. Or you might get the magnum, which, well, it's a magnum. That's great. It's yeah, it's not that useful against Nemesis, unfortunately. And you don't get magnum ammo until a freaking power plant. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't ever very find sparse. very much um, magnum. The majority of your magnum you're going to get is stuff you create, which again yeah. I think is like correct. I think that's how it should be. If you want to like, use that magnum more, you got to pay for it. 
Yeah, there's only like three spawns in Power Plant with Magnum Ammo, and that's yeah. it. And that's correct. I think it's how it should be. So, but again, that's again. I think again, it comes to the randomness, which we'll delve into in a moment uh, a bit more. But yeah, like, but that's what you. That's what they wanted for for Nemi. I mean, again, we'll talk about Nemi more again as well later on. But this is what you wanted. You know, you, you wanted this first time. It's not this huge, massive threat. You're like, okay, I can't fight this. I'm not ready. And that's what they wanted you to be. They wanted you to be afraid of this thing. They want you to dread it, you know, when you hear its little kind of little ominous music in the background because he's around. You're like, oh, boy, you know, and that when you're going back down stars and you hear that glass shower, they want you to be dreading going down the stairs because they've established what a threat he already is from that first fight. So it makes, makes perfect logical sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're getting I was, was going to I was going to say as far as um, like the dodge system, like I think you guys pretty much uh covered that but i I do agree that it's like it's one of those features that's just nice to have even if it's not 100 percent consistent um because usually when a game introduces a new mechanic it gets improved upon with later sequels and technically the dodge mechanic was improved upon in subsequent sequels like re5 re6 and revelations also revelations 2 yeah. uh, and even revelations 1 so like uh you know RE3 being the first to introduce it, it's kind of to be expected that it would be rougher on the edges. Um, however, the thing that I think RE3 still does far better compared to every other RE game that has has the mechanic, uh, the custom ammo types and the ammo crafting, because uh, no other game outside of RE3 has enhanced ammo. No. And uh, it's kind of crazy to think that, like, you know, cool that like you know say like the re2 and re3 remakes have them but like there's no enhanced variations of those there's no like reward of get like getting good and like saving up all those uh uh gunpowder gunpowder uh kits or whatever capsules and uh you know just getting good at crafting one type of ammo to make like a more enhanced or beefier type of like handgun ammo or shotgun ammo hmm. and yeah and really could have expanded upon that like mechanic too but yeah. it chose not to yeah, I so, said, yeah, Brown Boy's support actually just did our own chat here. Um, like Resident Evil mm. Village does have a ammo crafting system, and there is an opportunity to create enhanced ammo, although it's not exactly the same because you're using specific ingredients to make your right. enhanced ammo. Whereas this is you're using the same ingredients, but because you've been consistently doing it, you're then earning yeah. the right to get the enhanced ammo. Right, and 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 in the case of Seven too, it's um like Brandon mentions, it's. It's only limited to handguns. They didn't try to expand upon that by like implementing it into shotguns or any of the other guns in the game. It was just strictly handguns. Yeah. So it's which I think you imagine. Which is what happened. So could you imagine enhanced grenade launcher rounds in it? Like that, yeah. that right there would have been stellar. But you know, the, the yeah, like, like, kind of I, I could understand like from a balancing standpoint if they just wanted to be like, okay, well, we're not gonna give it to every single type of gun, but maybe we could expand upon that mechanic by adding like, you know, for like the shotgun, for example, they could have done other types of shotgun uh ammunition types, because you know, shotguns can shoot a plethora of different ammunition types that could shoot from like to be uh, fair uh -huh. the second shotgun you get in village is so mm. damn good you don't yeah. need enhanced rounds for it it is yeah like, but you keep saying village <laughs> of, of of seven whichever one yeah keep the freaking watching. olympia double barrel is so good <laughs> which yeah i mean to be fair yeah i could i could understand that but 
you know, when you look at like RE3, for example, RE3 kind of did a similar thing where like some of the guns you got off of Nemesis were just far better than what you start off with. So yeah. And the it, one thing that yeah. was nice with the ammo was that you didn't you didn't have to take the implants if you didn't want to. You could still yeah. just craft loads of base out because it depends what weapons you want to use. Because if you've yeah, managed yeah. to if you've managed to um you know create some of the 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 better weapons you know the sti eagle the it, western shotgun they didn't act, they couldn't physically use the enhanced ammunition so if you wanted to use them for like their their speed and their crit hit chance you were having a yeah, sacrifice there, there was a trade-off so and yeah you had a and, trade-off. and that's that's uh that's what what makes it really interesting in like re3 and then like admittedly as much as i don't like re7 um what they kind of improved upon with that idea was just like even though it was limited to handguns Every single handgun that you're you're able to use in that game is able to switch between standard and enhanced ammo, which is a really cool idea because it's like, wasn't on, well, on top happened? of that though, um, the enhanced ammo is based on like the stronger um your gun, that the higher the firepower, that's the stronger your enhanced ammo would be as well. So yeah, you know, I said like awesome. how RE3 does it. Which huh, before I continue though, Ren, is mm-hmm. there a question about the weapon sandbox in um, RE3? Like not independently? No. No? Alright, good. No, it, it's a bit of like three and two we're talking about at this point. Alright, well good, because um in that case then like, I definitely want to talk about the weapon sandbox as well, since we're on this since we're you know still on the subject but this, of this, yeah, weapons, this is a weapon, so this is yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the I like I do love the way how three does it though, because all weapons are useful um in a um certain way. So, like, as Dom mentioned, though, like, the handgun and the shotgun you pick up from Nemesis are better than the um, starting ones you pick up, but they don't use enhanced ammo. But the trade-off for, like, say, the handgun, for example, it has a very high crit chance, and the damage on the critical shots can vary. It could be really strong. That can down Nemesis um, very quickly. Yeah, speed of fire is great. Yeah, it so plays it, into the dodge system as well. It makes it a very good weapon so, to use against him. So, so in terms of like RE3, right, how they handled it in that game is basically like there's trade-offs to everything. Like, yeah, you could stick with the basic stuff, get the enhanced ammo for both the handgun and shotgun, and you'd still be you'd still be okay with either or. It's just really based on personal preference and what you kind of like to play, uh, how you yeah. like to play the game. And this um, is great. So for 1999, I think this is really good. So you know, in, in that regard, like it's just one of those uh one of those mechanics that I like that three was the game to introduce it. I just wish that more games in the series expanded upon it. And it's a shame that only really Yeah. Only I mean, I guess I kind of there. agree. I mean, like CVX, you could like had like a vague element of it with like the crossbow bolt, although that's not really the same thing. And then the, the series comes yeah, like, and, and... in a different direction, delving into like buying and you know, Resident Evil 4 and RE5 and that sort of system. It just Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of where like for me personally why I find three so so enjoyable. It's like three does a lot of things that like Code Veronica and four just don't do. And that's to me at least makes it a much better game to play by comparison because it has just so much that you can do. This um, is why I was so thrilled to see it make its return in Resident Evil 2 remakes. I was like, thank yeah. God. Because it fits as well. And it just, it's just, it's such an easy mechanic to throw in for the player. It's such an easy thing to scatter around and reward that extra exploration, you know, to get these gunpowders and then you can use them as you so see fit. You know, it's just such an easy reward. 
uh, for the player. Like it's just such a simple system. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 as far as like um before we wrap up this question because I know we've probably got to move on. Uh but like for them adding in like the uh action elements and also the very weapon types like well, as far as like them adding more action elements, I thought that made kind of sense cuz like or made quite a bit of sense actually cuz um when you really think about it like RE3 is kind of like the aliens for Resident Evil when you really think about it cuz you have RE1 and it's if you're specifically focusing on Jill's story, right? You have a character that goes through this traumatic event in a like remote isolated mansion and seeing her like you know compatriots all getting offed by like undead monsters and then here she comes back you know scarred with like all the ptsd and just knowledge of how to take down these things in a follow-up game and she's just not gonna take anybody's shit for it so i just feel like making it a bit of a bit more of an action game makes sense in the context of the story yeah i mean yeah you're also in the giant city surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people so logically yes it's going to be more bombastic than what one or two words considering it's a little bit more you know controlled and condensed versus a whole outbreak happened in the city at the same time you know and she was there at the start though so again logically speaking you're going to have a bit more action elements considering that you're in the center of the, all the chaos rather than in a secure location like you were one and two. Uh, yeah. Not to mention that Capcom yeah. kind of had this kick at the time of like these really kind of bombastic kick-ass female characters and um, being more of an action-oriented game and Jill coming off of, you know, the police being corrupt and nobody's doing anything about it and she's kind of like a take action in her own hands kind mm-hmm. of an attitude Vigilante, at the beginning. Yeah, that was kind of the '90s in itself, though, because even Square Enix is um has that trope going on with them. Oh yeah, totally. But I mean, like it's so like it just tonally and throughout the whole game, like the way they kind of changed up the formula a little bit, just totally fits. Like that is Jill's game, straight up. Mm. And um, speaking like kick-ass female characters as well. Since she's um Capcom, can we just take a moment to give credit to Regina from Dino Crisis, please? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially mean, because you could play as her in RE3. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, especially. It's basically, yeah, yeah the, the it's basically Jill with red hair, isn't it? And about yeah, yeah pretty more much, or less. Pretty much. But that's fine. That's all it needed to be. Um, since we kind of really uh got into this question, let's move on to number three. I'll have Brandon read off number three. Oh, do I have to? Yes, son. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Resident Evil 3 Nemesis introduced more randomly generated elements, English, to the formula. Puzzles, ammo, ammo, enemy placement, and plot elements would change given the scenario as well as the path you took. Give your thoughts on this decision. Honestly, it was the best thing they could have ever done. Simple fact, if they actually made RE3 from the same structure of 1 and 2, 3 would have like virtually no replay value. It would be easily most linear one, despite being so big the way it was, you know? Mm. If they didn't took charge with adding this RNG elements into um, everything else, though, RE3, we would not be having this much praise for RE3. I think us would be a little bit more, you know, split, considering, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that, yeah. It would be less yeah. like, would be more likely to critique it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the strongest suits is, would be the um, plot, the enemy, 
and um the ammo the puzzles is so and so because the puzzles can honestly be you know pretty hard and i'll go front though some most are easy i will say though but you have to you know actively go your way to memorize every single type of um pattern or write it down of course or actually look into the game's notes and find out what is the um right way to solve this puzzle Oh, the water puzzle was easy. I no knew somebody was gonna bring it up. <laughs> I wasn't even no, was talking about the water puzzle. The biggest <laughs> issue I had was actually the um clock tower with the um little stones. It's it's funny actually because it's 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 really a real old school puzzle. It's literally a get out pen and paper and write down what happens and then work it out. Like it's it's really old fashioned puzzle in like a game that's kind of like pushing all these boundaries and you've got this literal puzzle like three balls you gotta make this out best thing to do is either trial and error or just get pen and paper make a table right I put this one in there time goes forward two hours that one in there goes back four whatever the heck else you just work it out it's completely out of nowhere it's left field I catch a lot of people out and it's not the best puzzle in the game by any stretch of imagination but. It makes you um, think, though, so I give him credit. That yeah, was exactly. one of those. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of those puzzles where it's like, I didn't really get any pen and paper out. I just sort of like solved it randomly because that, that, that's that. how it is uh, for some of the puzzles in the game. Just the only stone wall was the obvious water puzzle, which I, I don't know why. Shadow says it's like super easy to solve. I never get it, I mean, like, even I, on my I third try. I say in jest, like when I first played it, that that took me some time to beat. But like once mm. you kind of get it, and like it's about eliminating the possibilities and you know, working out right. If there's a segment that has no noise at all, you know there's nothing can be there. You look for segments that have got like three bits in it, and you know everything must be in there. And once you've established that, it usually gives you maybe four, maybe six different possibilities. And you just kind of go from there, basically. It's just it's just getting it down. Uh, also the game likes yeah. to really think- screw you sometimes with the old whole uh rng element because from from what i gather and how the game screws you what they like to do is they like to make it where there's a lot of enemies or hunters everywhere or there's like a bunch of zombies where it could either be easier or harder depending on what you're doing and i also what? like had situations where ammo was like completely gone when i replayed it again it was there i was like what the what is this so well the yeah. beauty the beauty of the rng though is that you can actually manipulate it into your favor with the enemies at least you can easily exit a room depending on areas i'm not sure it applies to all areas though but you can leave the room come back and you get different enemy types like for example the park right you know, i had it where i got leeches most of the time though but another run i got hunters so i was like nope back up let me get um leeches or zombies and then get the fuck out the park is the worst part you yeah. can you can sort of like try and recycle the rng but it doesn't always work yeah, I, um, something that I honestly like about this game is the fact that it's very uh, RNG heavy. And I know that kind of seems weird because, like, usually when you think of RNG stuff, it's like nobody really likes it. I mean, at this point, every speedrunner in existence now despises you. R- right yes. so but i don't really yeah <laughs> but like i, I, I can just say though it's, like it's one of those things that i i really enjoy just because of the fact that it's like it can really throw you off and it makes the it runs a little bit more interesting especially if you don't know how to you know abuse that um and also just to kind of going back to like talking about um you know it's certain plot points changing and, and just things changing throughout the game. 
Um, I think what RE3 does really well, and it's kind of a, kind of something that they've further expanded upon that was really only ever done in one, was you know having your character kind of do things in any particular order that you want, and it would change out how things play out. Um, in RE1, it's very limited, but like certain certain things that you do, like if you go out of a certain hallway, you might run into Barry in a certain instance that you otherwise wouldn't have, right? Or uh, you might not have have him pull you out of the uh, the trap door room where you got to get the shotgun out of out of that room, right? So, so when thinking about that um, and just looking at like RE3, RE3 is just like yeah, just go do whatever you want and kind of just figure it out. And you can, you know, if you want to go into the restaurant in the beginning of the game and meet Carlos there, you can, or you could go to the, the newspaper out or what is it? The newspaper uh, uh, building? newspaper agents yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just meet him there. Right. So it's like uh, things like that. And then, you know, you don't necessarily have to tackle all of that in the same order. And you could pick all of the different choices with like live selection, for example, which really, changes up how that game is going to play for every single person on every That's single the next run. question by the way so yeah it is uh yeah, it's just uh well there's good. one thing i want to add too though but sometimes though like it's better just do the um path to least resistance or the path mm. that's just naturally better but the fact that um we can just completely change up the narrative any way we want to for these um segments like it's a welcome addition that i wish more games did and i wish remake three did it you know like, that would have been fucking stoked. And, and, and the amount of people that, like, um, I remember when I did my series on this way oh. back, that kind of, like, I only played the game in one way. Because you kind of, like, you feel it. You play for the game, you don't however, and it's, like, how you approach it. And the amount of people who didn't realize, like, especially when you, you're going to get the train parts, for example, because almost everyone would normally go to, like, the, news, the, the gas station uh, first, or, the, like, to get hold of the, the, the oil there, because it's the nearest place. But if you're willing to go all the way around um, and go to, like, the pharmacy area first, you know, and just, like, how it completely changes the plot, you know, how Murphy dies, Carlos finds him instead of Nikolai, or whatever else, then, like, Nikolai ends up exactly, being... Exactly, yeah, and, 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 and that's what I was talking about. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's cool that they went to the to the detail to do that, because you don't have to, and they hadn't done this. You really don't. Um, and I think, again, like, it's just, this adds this kind of, like, this idea of kind of, like, world-building. You know, and how like your actions are kind of like affecting what goes on around you. And, you know, and just that immersiveness. And on top of that, though, like like the gas station, for example, like that alone has like variable sequences on how you can handle things. Like, like let's say with Carlos, for example, right? You no, know, he decided to run outside and start you know blasting zombies, right? Yeah. You can actually go out there before you finish the puzzle and blow up the gas station and check yeah. on him, and then he'll leave that way. Yeah. Or you know, you can solve the puzzle, you know, do your thing, and then um, be him outside. No, and no, it changes the sequence. Same thing with Nikolai. You know, you could do certain things. Um, you know, before or after you solve the particular puzzle, just that one spot has like, like at least like what five, six different oh, even, you know, actions. Even say with the uh, the restaurant or the newspaper agents, you know, whether you fight Nemesis with Carlos or whether you just run affects the conversation, affects the tone, affects how much detail you get out of it. Where you actually do it affects the conversation. They talk about slightly different things in both places. 
Like, it's really, really cool. And right. not a lot of people, um, especially at the time, and even now, not a lot of people realize that that's a thing that you can do with. It's less important later on. Once you get towards the clock tower, everything becomes a much more... Um, uh, What's the word when I'm things start for? winding down, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, it becomes think, a lot more but... focused in one route. But for the city, like you can take it on almost at your leisure and however you want to decide, and that's great, you know. Um, even the power plant, but... you know, if you came and just cook the zombies, um, you know, with the power, great. But if you run out, you get ambushed by Nemesis with the cool angle, the rocket launcher, and stuff like that. There's so many cool little things that. You don't realize you can do half of them until you until you replay the game, and that's not even talking about how you can completely change the end game plot depending on what option you take on the bridge. Not even well, yeah, yeah. That also, um, like just go back to the clock tower. Actually, you know, um, your decision during the train affects where you start at, hmm. and um, also um, how you fight Nemesis um at the end. Yeah. Uh, of course, ignoring the middle part, like you know, if you don't push Nemesis off the clock tower, for example, he will actually tell you throughout the whole clock tower for the rest of the, um, the game until you um activate the bells and run aside. Mm-hmm. Versus just pushing them off, and well, you miss on a reward, but he won't mess with you at all for the rest of the yeah. um, duration. Exactly. It's loads of loads of cause and effect, which I think is just it just gives so much and, more merciness for for the game. Yeah, and and, and I think like with with that in mind too, it's like it, one of the great things about that is like. You know, even just going through and doing those uh smaller things that would impact the story, it, it it's one of those things where I just feel like this is why RE three is so good in in that sense because every like subconscious decision you might make is really RE three is kind of like a choose your own adventure when you really think about it because you get to choose what what happens in that story as you're progressing through it hmm. and. Like, no other RE game has ever done that, really. I mean, s- sort of a little bit with RE1, but it was so very limited, and RE3 just kind of takes those aspects of RE1 and just really expands upon expands yeah. upon it and just really runs with it. And, and that's, that's why I really like RE3, for example, in, in that mm. regard. I have a question just a, a little observation as well while we were talking about stuff like this um do any of you guys feel that they made the whole multiple paths different ways of doing things a deliberate choice for the purpose of replayability because comparatively to two like two is a much longer experience by virtue of a and b scenarios and if you do a and b scenarios twice you've got a pretty long game whereas as um been said by brendel earlier if you just had like three on its own it is it's pretty much a b c done without the potential for branching paths isn't it if you just had one way of tackling it so do you think, I think it's um, a good point a even, even Resident Evil one Wait. had like chris and jill hold, hold on Hold on, Shadow. Uh, Brandon wanted to say something. Yeah, um, I, I can kind of confirm this, though. I remember an interview some years ago by Chris Edgen, though. I'm just going to paraphrase it because I don't remember everybody. I forgot to watch the interview again. But I think um, mm-hmm. that was actually done, on, actually was done on purpose so that could increase the replay value because of Resident Evil 3 was more on a budget in contrast to Resident Evil 2, which is why you know, Resident Evil 3 did came out the way it did because they knew they only had so much. So they decided, like, no, let's pack it in. With so much content and replayability versus like stretching it out with like having say two characters or um just having a long campaign in general. 
So it was and, deliberate. The yeah, way it was. That and three was um made in a or made in a much shorter space of time, wasn't it, comparatively to two? Yeah, I think it was like, roughly what eight months, I think. Eight or nine, it's not much more than that. Yeah, it, it was definitely shorter compared to the um, very short development. And considering that Resident Evil 2 had like, you no, know, technically two dev cycles because they canceled the um, you know, the 1.5 version and just made a whole new game afterwards. So like three by comparison had a much shorter um lifespan, develop developer lifespan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It did, um, uh, anybody else want to go before we move on to question number four? Yeah, I want to touch on this pseudo randomization, but I mean, it's pretty much everything's already been said. Um, mm. Yeah, give or take. You know, I love two a lot. Um, love three just slightly more because of that randomization. Like, I can do runs and I will get dicked, or I can do runs and I'll just sail through the game. And it's just really just having a little bit, you know, one of the more popular mods for Resident Evil games now, as I understand it, are randomizer mods. Just having a little bit of randomization in it, like you can run through the same game 10 times, just having that little bit of RNG like really changes the experience and it just makes it more fun to roll through. And then when you're done, because Resident Evil 3 is so short, you're like, I want to boot it up again and like see, you know, what happened, you know, how much ammo or how much gunpowder or whatever I get this time. Like it's just one of those things that makes it one of the reasons I keep coming back to it is literally that system. <laughs> I'm like I was about to say like uh Shadow here has a good deal of randomization in Resident Evil at this point. <laughs> He's getting used to it after a while, but <laughs> if people want in the OC like how randomization can improve Resident Evil game, then the Resident Evil remake randomizer um by Ben Powell is the definitive example of how just a little bit of extra variety just completely changes things up. Or you can just go full in and just like lose your mind um and it shows you know there's a reason why this sort of stuff exists now nothing streamlined you know from everything from loot shooters to you know god knows what else there's so much randomization now because it is it personalizes your journey it gives kind of a distinctiveness to your own experience um and kind of like makes not all the gameplays ever the same and if you ever want to play a game you're like great things are going to be different this time so you don't you've got that you don't have to worry about that makes perfect sense the uh, other thing about randomizer, especially for Resident Evil 1 randomizer, uh, was it the impossible run, Shadow, where we find we figured out that Barry has broken the game at certain sections that you visit? There, yeah, there was, um, there was some weirdness. You find out a lot about how games actually work under the cover when you start randomizing things. You find all sorts of things that occur. So. Yeah. Because I was there, and I was, like, also there, like, helping you, de- like, decipher what the hell was going on with the run. Yeah. But it, it just goes to show. But anyways, we're, we're coming ridiculous. up. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Alrighty, um, why don't we have uh, Divic read off number four? Uh, sure thing. There was also the introduction of live selection. The screen would fade to white before you had to make two split-second decisions before taking damage. Did this benefit the game in the long haul? Short answer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, probably. I, I always feel a little bit gimmicky to me, but it it served a function. It was a way of kind of like, even if you weren't like particularly experimenting with kind of ex- with exploring different paths, it was a way of kind of trying to force it upon the player if you weren't even experimenting. And again, it's more opportunities to kind of take different paths, which is cool. 
felt a little gimmicky to me, but I think it was perfectly fine for 1999. It did its job. I think, um, I think like thinking about it, like from the perspective of how they were developing it, um, they might have thought like, oh, well, if we don't have this in, the player might think that they can't like just leave the room and not deal like not. Well, how should I say it? The player might think that they're forced to have to fight Nemesis every time he shows up. Right. So if they have those life selection moments, they can think, well, uh, I could run in this scenario or I could actually fight him and, and really choose that. Whereas like if they, you know, like back then when you didn't really have uh, like the Internet wasn't as popular and used as widely as it is now. Right. Um, nobody would have been like, oh, let me look this up on YouTube and see if I could just leave this fight or whatever. Right. Or how, how I can deal with this. Um, so like at the time it probably would have made more sense to have this kind of um icon or these choices pop up in the middle of gameplay nowadays with so much information going around if they wanted to make a game similar to re3 they could just say well you could just actively choose when you want to fight this boss or when you want to uh deal with this encounter or whatever the case may be and it's just something that you just do you don't have a, a choice you just kind of pick and choose as you're playing the game you don't you don't have like this uh brief moment of uh of a choice to pick so there's to a weird there's a weird irony to that like in 1999 it was a way of educating the player nowadays it would feel like you're almost trying to insult their intelligence <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. a weird irony isn't it yeah yeah so i mean yeah. that that's kind of how i see it like at, at you know at the same time, I I think it's a really cool idea. Um, but if they were to do something like this now, like if an indie developer decided to like make a game that's similar to RE3 and they try to implement something like that, I think I would be kind of annoyed by that. Um, not because I don't like the idea of life selection, but I would rather have that sort of thing. Uh, that sort of thing left to me to figure out on my own at that point because you could you could have that in a more modern game yeah like a good example honestly is that Resident 4 kind of presents this as the live selection is how you want to face things like Resident 4 you don't have to go into the main house where the shotgun is to face Dr. Salvador you could just run around with the pistol and deal with the villagers there or another good example is the choice between either fighting an El Gigante or you fight the villagers. That's like live selection right there. It's just in real time. Yeah, no, I was going to, actually going to ask though, if they ever brought back live selection, which they should have, now how would they should have done it though? In my opinion though, they should have done it like in like a real, um, done it in real time. Well, let's say like say um, Resident Evil um, 3, for example, the remake. Um, uh, like in the apartment scene, let's say that whole segment was playable. They should give you the option to either fight Nemesis directly, slow him down, or just bolt like you um normally would do. Just instead of just having the screen prompt um come up, it should be like a little indicator saying like choose your path, fight him or leave. And if you if you um just leave, no, that's it. The game continues on without some type of you no know, screen flickering, pausing, or like dialogue boxes. If it so they are like real a... time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like if it gave us like an Until Dawn, like live selection type of thing that game kind of did, I would have been like all for it because it's like very like 
intuitive, intriguing, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the thing with live selection is it's almost like a, uh, cause, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm old and drug addled, but, um, there, if I remember correctly, quick time events weren't a thing yet. So, um, so at that no, point, no, actually, really, no. they were there, just they're no. not popular because Shinmu was out around that time. So, like, okay, yes, one of Shinmu, first. Had, Shinmu had some, but like five people played yeah. Shenmue. So, yeah, it's not very prevalent. But, yeah. but, like, you look at Resident Evil 3, like, you were talking about Resident Evil 4, like, that essentially is the replacement for a live event right there is a quick time event. So, with the the live selection interesting from a narrative thing because you could see different movies and you could select different things and you know kind of deal with different choices like that part's interesting obviously it's something that's kind of in its infancy and you can get i mean you can play entire games that are basically live selection you know like telltale games at this point but um they sure. essentially were a precursor like quick time events so if you want to talk about long run stuff uh god i hate them but at the time given like the stuff that Capcom was trying, you know, with all the different things they were doing in three, I think it services the game just fine. I mean, it's it, it's a little, you know, choose your path. This is how it diverts kind of a thing. It's just kind of it's a neat little thing. I never gave it like too much thought. Uh, I mean, uh, quick time events, hmm. uh, Resident Evil 4, Nightmare Fuel. No, it it's yeah, that it seriously is but, like keeping it on three though um i'm actually gonna speak to the credit of the live selection system it can at least for somebody who's um played through the game a couple of times previously if you've got a rough idea of where things are going to take you also be used as something of a strategic choice because say if you've got to a certain point in the game and you've used a lot of ammo but you know that nemesis is is going to be turning up again soon you could actually you know, some of these options can be used to essentially get Nemesis out of the way and save yourself trouble in the long run. A prime example is pushing him off the clock tower. It removes mm -hmm. him from the equation for quite a while. It can be a good strategic choice for, you know, making your gameplay actually easier. Definitely, um, fully agree with that. Hmm. In fact, yeah. um, that works in favor of, like, the ending as well. If you, you know, was it? Don't jump off the bridge or push Nemesis off. Like you don't have to fight Nikolai as a um, potential boss fight at the end of the game. He just dies by the hands of Nemesis, and then you move on as you know plan. Versus yeah, just if you jump off, through, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. That is also a fair point. No strategy, good on um, it can save you. Um, I mean, I kind of gave my two cents already about it about the live okay. selection. Yeah, in the game, for, like in the question itself, did it, this benefit the game in the long haul? It did, for really, like the time it was. Like even now, I I still pick pretty much the same choices, which is fight Nemesis because it's a fun blast to fight Nemesis in the game, especially when you're a lot better now than then. So, yeah, that's just my two cents on it. All right, well, that gives then I guess we can move on to the next one. Uh, you want real number five? Yep. You want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Alright. <clears throat> Narrate a voice on. Since the player got enhanced, so did the enemies. Tell us how you feel about the various enemies, both old, like the zombies and dogs, to new threats like the Drain Demos and the Return of Hunters. We're saving Nemesis for later. 
Um, I guess I should start this one. Um, yeah, you get enhanced because you have quick turn, enhanced ammo, crafting ammo, all the sorts of things. Uh, I think like enemies like the Drain Demos, the way they're depicted in this game than in remake, like just just the comparison, they're just these big hulking flea humanoid creatures that are just pretty annoying. At the time, I thought they were like, oh, these things are creepy and cool. Then when you play, like, just normal play, you're like, these things are just big and just get in your way. And they do ridiculous amount of damage if they grab you. Like, one grab can almost get you in caution. It's ridiculous how strong they got. Especially with uh, the brain suckers. Ugh. I do think that's kind of, um, like, fair balance in a way. Because, yeah. uh, like, um, the question is, uh, like, you the players actually a lot stronger now than, like, the previous two games with those characters, right? So, they had to find a way to balance that out. And I think having, like, stronger enemies. But uh, that's another thing, too. Um, it's, like, how many enemies are on screen at once. Because um, depending on the location and the type of enemies, you, you could fight, like, say, like, seven zombies in one location versus, like, two drain demos with brain suckers in one location. Yeah. Or if, like, in the park, for example, you could run up to, I think, was three hunters in one location, or, like, three dogs, or five dogs, something like that. So yeah. I think the game does a good job balancing out what, how strong the enemies can get, or how strong they are, and the amount you fight at, at one time on one screen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, an arms so, race. Mind if I go, go really quick? Yeah, I mean, yeah. go for it. Um, so, I, admittedly, I actually really like that they... Um, they had more of like stronger enemy types because you know to ramp up that difficulty and um really kind of challenge the players that are returning from either Resident Evil One or even Resident Evil Two. Uh, and one of the things that I actually really liked about Three is the fact that they were like, "Hey, we're bringing back a recognizable enemy like the Hunters, but this time they're different and they really built upon those variations by introducing the." Uh, beta and uh, gamma types so uh so and and admittedly as much as i hate going up against hunters i do like that uh resident evil has consistently brought those enemy types back and try to reiterate on those and redesign them do all sorts of different things with them uh yeah. with each entry so i i think that's a really cool addition um but that said like i i think given the context of re3 and how much they've uh enhanced the overall gameplay kind of makes sense for them to introduce so many more uh difficult enemy types to go up against and admittedly i would be lying if i said i didn't like a bit of a challenge oh sorry brandon you want you probably want to go before me right oh that's fine go ahead well, i was gonna say like i it's it's one of the reasons that I appreciate the often hated Resident Evil Zero um, <laughs> is when you start getting creative with your monsters. Uh, I like that. I like weird creature designs. I like the Drain Demos. I like the the Hunters and the Hunter Gammas. Um, I I like the stupid worm as much as it sucks to fight. Um, yes. I, I like, give me weird creatures. Give me like crazy like dog hyena elephant like one of the reasons i love <laughs> outbreak is like give me crazy stuff give me zombie lions i don't care like i love i love that stuff no i um, see too. but uh, real quick though with that though like huh. thing like in contrast to three and zero i think three was the better balanced game when it comes to like enemy types though because some yeah. of the enemy types in um zero is just 
flat out suck because how poorly designed they are. Get like the eliminators, right? They can stun like you to yes. death and just kill you in a corner, you know? Yeah, so, I like, agreed. I mean, like from a practical yeah. gameplay perspective, yeah, there's stuff that definitely has issues from just like an interesting or you come around the corner, you see something, you're like, what the fuck is that? Like that yeah. giving me that, you know, other than like hordes and hordes of shambling zombies, like that's the cool things. Exactly. I like seeing crazy stuff that people come up with. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, so that's kind of like my thing with the enemy variety is like I can only stand at the end of a hallway with my shotgun pointed up and shoot zombies in the head so many times before I'm like, give me just give me anything else. Yeah. I mean, like, what you said, Divic, about, like, the enemy variety and types, and, like, even in Zero, where they're poorly designed, like, gameplay-wise, but, like, on an actual technical visual aesthetic, they're really cool. There's, like, certain, like, enemy designs in, like, uh, I think it was Resident Evil 2, where it was, like, they had man-spiders and shit. It was, like, a splice DNA, kind of like a chimera of the first game, but with, like, spiders instead of insects. Like, there was a lot of cool like immediate variety and designs that they cut from two and three if i remember correctly like there's just a lot of cool shit that they could bring back like it's still there yeah um something that's just been mentioned in chat actually yeah gorillas they were cut they were cut from 1.5 i believe they were going to be in two originally yeah and I just want to add as well to the conversation we're having about the enemies. Dialing it back to the most simple enemy of all, the zombies. I, replaying 3, was very, very surprised that, you know, you, you think, on average, oh, it's just a zombie, it's not going to be a threat. But, especially in the early game, it throws a heck of a lot of zombies at you in some very enclosed spaces when your supplies and ammunition are very limited and makes the weakest thing by proxy into a very tangible threat if you're not prepared for it. So I think that's something it does well. On top of that, too, um, sometimes the zombies can go turbo, as like the community call it. Yeah. They can go yeah. hyper-aggressive and just run right at you almost immediately. And... Um, there sometimes can be a little tanky because you know zombies like to flinch backwards when you shoot them at a time. Sometimes zombies yeah. just um will not go go down without like at least another two shots after that first flinch. Because normally they just go down immediately after they flinch, but no, like these zombies are a little bit more resilient than what you see in previous games. I mean, you yeah. mentioning that there, I, I had an experience while replaying, and I was I was near the end in the park uh, this afternoon while I was playing it. Zombie took three grenade shells to go down, and I have never seen that before. Three. Really? There's... Yeah, because the, yeah, the way the first work, like, that definitely can happen. Yeah, it was regular wow. grenade rounds, and it took three of them. That really ca caught me off guard. I was like, okay, one. And it's like, okay, two. Sometimes that, you know, sometimes yeah. they'll take one. Then I was like, oh my god, it's taken two. Am I really going to have to use a third on this thing? In the end, I just got the shotgun out to finish it. I wasn't going to waste the shell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He partially done that in the first place, you know, because you know, that's their like mm. biggest weakness is a shotgun. Blow the knees off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I usually just aim up. I just wanted to be flashy for the sake of being flashy because I'd actually saved up an abundance of shells. So I just wanted to use a couple of them. <laughs> like, that's bet? Yeah. I'm a tank. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <sighs> Anything, anyone else have to add to this uh, question? Brent's been actually pretty quiet this podcast. Yeah, Ron, I hope say it's something. 
I hope you're recording, because God help you if you uh, are not recording. <laughs> we already spent an hour here. Like, we don't want to spend another hour, hour and a half. Oh, I was waiting it for you guys to finish been, yeah. since uh, it's taken a while. Yeah. yeah apologies. Are you guaranteed to answer this question? Which question is this? Number, Number five. five. Okay, so the enemies... Uh, the enemies are pretty... I don't know. They're They're really, like, weird in this game. Like, some people mention about the enemies like doing the fast walk the zombies and i i, I fucking hate when they do that i, I got in, in closed <laughs> spaces like before and they just completely walk on me and they kill me uh but one of the worst things like about some of them is the fact that they really do like to fuck with you with the rng hmm. for the most part from what i've seen i, I see enemies like the the drain demos and the brain suckers like one's poisonous and they might get you an area and, and trap you in there. Um, the hunters are also like really finicky at times because I had that moment where we talked about this earlier. Uh, they try to stun lock you if you aren't careful with the uh, dodge animation and you can roll into them and they can be pretty relentless at times. But overall, I would say once you get used to the game, the balancing and the difficulty is not as bad as people think. Like I, I I I feel like if if you play the game enough, you should be aware to handle like most situations. But I do understand like uh, there's also those situations where you can blow yourself up too. So you gotta be careful about that shit. Uh, At least you're not going up against poison hunters like or poisonous hunters like in sweet. I I I would say oh, yeah. I would say Coveronica is definitely much worse with how they handle choke points and everything at least in this game i feel like you can run around all the creatures and then somehow get an advantage or roll past them and co veronica you don't have those options and we're going to talk about that in a later podcast but still sorry to say vertigo but not completely just co veronica is a little bit more stricter with no no own. no that's that's not what i'm mentioning i'm mentioning the fact that when it comes to evading that's not there in that game compared to this one which i can oh, appreciate so so what you're saying is you like bandersnatches too, huh? I really don't, but we'll we'll talk about that later <laughs> on. Just dodge to the right, you'll be fine. I mean, once once you've knifed a bandersnatch to death, like you've no reason to fear them anymore. So just just do uh, that. Admittedly, just to death and you're good. And admittedly, is like because I've never finished uh, Code Veronica because of how much I hate the balancing in that game. Uh, if they remade that game, I feel like the remake would probably p play a lot better. But I think so. Yeah, it, it's there are some aspects of the game that have not aged. I, I, I feel like if they, you know, I know this is a bit unrelated, but if they do remake that game, they should probably take some elements from RE3, whether it be the original or the remake in terms of gameplay mechanics. I would imagine so. I mean, they should definitely use the same engine, like for sure. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely going to miss yeah. the overpowered knife swings. <laughs> Eh, you you just turn your frame rate up to like a thousand frames a second and you <laughs> uh, Yeah, turn so your resolution down to like four eighty P and yeah. just That's only one game, sadly. But in a way. Okay. Uh I guess we're down with number if five. If you play Code Veronica yeah. remake on like your mobile, then you should be fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, uh why don't we have silver read off number are we on number six? Yes. Yep. We're on six. Yeah, okay. We're halfway through. So, the so, let me scroll. Let me um scroll yep. down, guys. One moment. Wait, All right. Wait. Nemesis the is the... You guys ready? Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. 
Nemesis is the biggest threat throughout the original game. He will relentlessly pursue the player from room to room until Jill is dead. How did you find his base from both? Um, hold on, his base from both gameplay as well as that. Oh, sorry. Here you. Sorry, just the wording threw me off a bit. How did you find his base from both gameplay as well as the legacy that now surrounds him? Also, give your opinion about the fight or flight system where you could get items if you stood your ground. So I, I want to just add in and clarify. I, I think what that means with base form is the first trench coat form that you see him in that chases you for like half the game before he's burnt at the clock tower. Yes. Oh yeah, before he goes tentacle, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm with you now. The message mm -hmm. change. Okay, um, to be quite honest, Nemesis, Nemesis and Remake, um... It's not Remake, sorry. I don't know I have Remake on the hit. And um, Vanilla, Nemesis, 3 Nemesis, is probably the best iteration of a Pursuer we had, like, ever, simply because how craft carefully, um, balanced he is. From how, um, from each form going from trench coat to, you know, shirtless, you know, flavor armor tube man, to his final boss, mm -hmm. like, he, um, definitely, his threat level does changes. For example, he, he's probably his biggest threat with a trench coat on because, um, he's more defense heavy. Take that off. Um, he does a more damage because of the tentacle, though, but he takes, um, more damage. He's slow. If I correctly. He's slow yeah. in form, too. Like, you can easily outrun him. Yeah. So, he's like, yeah, it's... So, like, it's definitely well-balanced nemesis in contrast to, uh, say, later things, because uh, later games, like, say, um, I don't know, like, Jack Baker, Mr. X, in Remake 2, although that's still a good pursuer, and, of course, Remake 3 nemesis himself. Because, uh, for Zars, no, he's actually a pursuer throughout most of the games, so just one quarter of it. And plus, the rewards you get out of him, you know? You don't get, like, just simple ammo pickups or, you know, an herb or a first aid spray. You actually get something that will help you, you know, greatly help you in the world. You know, for at least most of the items. Okay, so um, I had to uh, chime in and mention um, what was going on with his later forms because uh, for this one, this is, like, just the most aggressive one. Like, it, yeah. compared to those, it's just, it's just crazy, like, he can run, he has a one-hit kill move, where if you're not careful, he will pick you up and do the tentacle move if you don't match the buttons. I I've seen moments where he killed me even on fine if you don't get out of that like fast enough. Uh, he has the rocket launcher as well, which can do a lot of damage if it hits you. His first mm -hmm. form is basically the true testament of the game, which is... You're being chased by this boss-like entity for the entire experience. For the most part, I think it's menacing and I think it's good. And I think there is ways to get around it. You can stick him to like walls, invisible walls, and he will get stuck and you can shoot him from there. Or you can just get freeze rounds, magnum rounds. I think Nemesis gets the most easy after the first fight. The first fight is where you have nothing, just stupid shotgun with bad recoil and then you have also the handgun which helps a little bit but it's not like really super pertinent for first time players you're gonna definitely die the first time if you try to fight him yeah i mean you're not really yeah. meant to fight him that early that's kind of the way the game is set up it's the point you know he's it's an ambush he's yeah but you know people crab. want to they want to and they get punished yeah but things are like the sooner you um you fight them and beat them, the um less um stressful it would be to beat them later for the rewards. 
because there is a cutoff point on the wards you get off them because the last yeah. one you get is like infinite ammo for whatever gun you want right if yep. say um there's like eight nemesis and you know well, that, let's say about nine you know and there's like seven rewards if you miss like two out of the, um, that bunch then you you cut shit out of luck for the last um reward you know so yeah, i, mean, I think it's definitely in fairness you should fight them first and yeah. if you good enough Especially because, like, if you don't fight them a lot, you end up losing it on like the the, the Western shotgun, which is a very, very good weapon um, for just like generally going around like the back half of the game. It's a fantastic weapon to use. So, mm-hmm. but it's the usual, you know, do you exhaust supplies to kind of like you know, it's short term loss for long term game. It's that's how it is. You know, in your position to do so, do you back yourself to do it? Um, you know, it's kind of the general principle. Of that. The game will yeah, give you like a lot ahead. of health. Good. Uh, I was just going to say, too, like, I, I think what uh, what really works with Nemesis, at least in the original, too, is like um, when he's in his base form, he's not as not as aggressive as he is when he like tears the coat off. It's like when he tears the coat off, it's like shit's going down, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, from that mistake, and he goes down a little bit easier once he has the coat off. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, because his defense is down. I was gonna say because I think the thing I think that was such a threat early on for Nemesis was because of his speed, um, you know, and just like I think it was it wasn't so much obviously had his rocket launcher, which was a huge problem and did a lot of damage and killed a lot of people. But I think the problem was it just had his absolute pure speed of attack. He used to run up into your face and just absolutely clobber you, which was almost impossible to dodge. Um, and obviously he had yeah. the range options. Um, I mean, I always thought he was by far the most dangerous uh, early on. I think. Later on, we'll talk about the, the later forms a little bit, but I always felt he was a lot easier to fight later on, not just because you had better weaponry, which you did, but I think just even using like the same weapons between different fights, like I think for sure his early forms was a lot more dangerous and a lot more difficult to counter. Whereas in the later game, he, he, he later on he starts attacking a lot more kind of um, it's more damaging some of the attacks. But it's a lot more deliberate. It's much. It's a lot easier to just try and generally avoid having to make use of a very temperamental dodge system. Which, if it worked for you, great. But if you just get like back into a corner, you're completely screwed. Uh, real quick though, I would say like <laughs> Nemesis in the second form, like shirtless. I would say you gotta be a bit more cautious. Just some of the fact that he does more damage, a lot more, and it's plus he has more reach because of the tentacles. Now he is, he is slower and he takes more damage though, but you still gotta be careful nonetheless because. You know, he could quickly murk you just as, as quickly you can murk him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's kill yeah. or be killed stuff for sure. Like, yeah. Uh, the, point I, the point I need to make it real quick is, uh, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, the point I want to make is I think the only issue is that you're going to have like first time players and everything is figuring out when he appears because there will be moments where it's like I'm running through the city. I have like no ammo. I'm trying to figure out what to do. And then he shows up. So you're going to want to know where he is at like all times. Uh, if you can, you know, learn your routing and everything, because once he shows up, then it depends on how much ammo you have, health, etc., to take down form one. If you're good enough, if you know how to mix, if you save ammo, then you'll basically prepare for more fights. If you don't, then, well, new players are going to get fucked if they waste ammo on, like, a zombie or something, because I noticed that, too, in my run. Yeah, I yeah, think, I mean, yeah. yeah. And then I'd be there One to thing... look over their shoulder and say, get good fucker, and then run away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think one thing you really have to be, or you get the opportunity to be more mindful of, exactly as you were saying, is as, as somebody, or if you're in a position of being somebody who's played through the game a couple of times, you have the opportunity, you, you know he's coming in most positions and have that opportunity to prepare. I mean, granted, in the first couple of fights, it makes very little difference. And well, at least in my opinion, I, I actually let myself get killed. I, I dropped a save um, in, the, in the police station, you know, save room, like near the stairs. And I actually experimented. I thought to myself, how quickly can this guy run? I, I thought I'd de-equip my weapons and just aggro him on purpose and test the run. Oh, he runs yeah, pretty he fast. Can outru- he, he can outrun you. Even at, even at perfect health, he can outrun you and then some. And if you're in a tight corridor, chances are you are not dodging. So it's a case of... I'm going to support what you were saying, definitely, about first-time players are more than likely going to get screwed, and it's a case of learning through trial and error, isn't it? It really is. The running punch is the worst thing in human history i i can't i can't stand it that's the move where i rarely know how to dodge it at times because he always hits me with it you have to they they said something too about if you want to avoid his grab you have to avoid his certain like arm because it's clothed or not clothed or i forgot how it goes but if you want to avoid it just go around his arm and you'll be mostly good from grabs but yeah, yeah, once you once definitely. you learn the tips and tricks and everything, he's he's a he's a baby. He can be killed. Yeah, but like my like playthrough because I played uh like a couple days ago. I played it twice. First time he killed me with the rocket launcher because Jill's went down to like orange caution, so she just takes forever getting back up. So I got killed by the second rocket. I was like, okay, good on you, man. Play the second time as Carlos. I got bit once in the hospital section, and then I fought Shirtless Nemi. He does his grab animation where he just slams you to the ground. I was like, okay, good. Let me just get up. Carlos took too long to get up, and as he got up, gets grabbed again by the same thing. I die. I'm like, how much damage did he do with the first one to drop me to Orange Caution when I only had one zombie bite as Carlos? Like, damn. Like with when my first playthrough, sorry. getting hit by the rockets, I was I was probably in caution. I got hit a bunch before even healing, so I was like, "Jesus, the damage increase from the second form is pretty significant." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got a question though, but I went to everybody goes after on this. Well, I wanted to say that you know we're we're talking about pursuer types. I agree with what you said earlier. Um, when I when I saw that Mr. X was going to be a thing in like a very prevalent thing in Resident Evil 2 Remake, I was like, oh, cool. Um, and then you had Jack in Resident Evil 7. You had uh, the Nemesis in Remake 3. You had uh, Lady Dumitresque in Village. Uh, and they're all insanely boring because uh, you can't kill them. You can't really do anything to them. They're just kind of... Um, they're not they're not even something that creates player agency it's just like a wall coming at you you just have to go oh, okay i have to avoid this whereas i'm I'm glad you brought that up by the way uh, yeah, yeah i mean because in three because in nemesis in the original resident Evil three there's a point and re- fucking nemesis acts kind of as a power gauge because it starts off in verse right he's way stronger mm-hmm. than the player and you're way weaker and then there's kind of a middling point depending on how 
you know, how much you've played the game where you can take them down kind of easily where, you know, you get towards the end and the, the power dynamic has completely inversed. Um, he's always just, that's just kind of the way he's always been. And it not only creates player agency because you like to avoid areas that he's been, but again, with the randomness and where he can kind of find you, it just, it creates that extra little bit of tension that the modern Resident Evil games with their pursuer types have just gotten wrong the entire time. Like anytime I hear Mr. X stomping around, I don't go, oh man, this is going to be exciting. I go, God damn it. All right. I'll just, I'll stay in this closet for five minutes and then I just won't have to deal with it. And I can keep enjoying the game instead of having the big dude just slowly lumber after me. If that makes Mm. any sense. I think this is probably lesser an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's lesser an issue with say Resident Evil and more just a general issue with kind of like gaming tropes nowadays because mm. they are hardly the only offenders of this. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely see it in other games, but like just pertaining to the series in particular, it's like yeah. Nemesis has not been topped in the in regards in the series in regards to an enemy that stays on you, becomes like the antagonist. I mean, the story is, you know, it, you can boil the story down to just Jill and Nemesis, like that's what it is. Mm. Um, and it's an awesome dynamic. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I come from at, you know, measurement of power and just like a real good kind of inverse as to where Jill is at the beginning compared to the end. Yeah, and everyone wants to have their own unkillable enemy these days. So I guess that really makes sense. It, it was more fun the way they did it, where it's like he could be down and you get something from it as opposed to, well... I just killed this hulking monster. He gets on one knee and now I get nothing. He gets back up and I wasted my time. <laughs> yeah. Now see, like I will say defend um, Mr. X and Resident Evil's 2 case though. Cause um, it's perfect. They obviously didn't make him like the stone wall on purpose because for stars, look what he's wearing, you know, makes sense. Huh. But no, I can forgive him because of how he interacts with the level design of Resident Evil 2. Like, once you know the layout of the level design, Mr. X becomes less of an issue. But he probably become more of a nuisance, though, because he, he can show up at the wrong time, though. I can promise you that. It happened to me a couple of times, though. But it's more like you use your knowledge of the map to outsmart the pursuer rather than just using your guns to kill him. That's what I could appreciate about Nemesis, not Nemesis, Mr. X um, remake, too. I mean, in contrast... Is this something you couldn't do 20 years ago, like, to yeah. any yeah. anywhere near a degree of effectiveness. So you had to make do with what you had, so... And you couldn't yeah. just have like an unkillable, unbeatable enemy with no other way to really circumvent them, you know, other than just like get hit, take damage, run past them. That doesn't make a very enthralling gameplay. So, it, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's well, about kind of going back really, really quick, like kind of mm-hmm. going back also to just being able to like kill some of these like pursuer type enemies. And, and I think um, this is kind of the issue that you run into when you're looking at like some of the more recent games that have them uh is that they you know they can't be killed and there's no there's no risk and reward for going out of your way to stun lock them or anything like that like yeah nemesis in in the three remake will drop something but like he doesn't die you know like part of part of the risk of like going up against nemesis in resident evil 3 the original is that you killed him he died for for a little bit and then he would come back but it gave you some breathing room and you were rewarded for for doing so so i just think that like the way that it's handled in later re games compared to how it was handled in like re3 original 
it's just not as uh not as well done in my opinion yeah. i agree with that yeah i'd say so it, it feels yeah. more like the remake it's a thing to do to get something you can use later on that's the purpose of it, uh, and, it and i think really affect the, the, the immediate situation there is no benefit I, mm. I think part of the problem too is that like when you really think about it like every every pursuer type since jack baker has basically been a copy and paste of him uh, uh. now i'm not saying that you know you can like or dislike uh the way that they handled that in re7 i'm just saying that it just kind of seems odd that mechanically speaking they all seem to work very similarly where they get temporarily stunned and they'll only go away in scripted events rather than you going out of your way to risk tons of ammo tons of resources to take one of these tyrants down and leave them down for a good portion of your playtime. well there, there is to, some difference uh, because lady d can can't be stunned but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's just what's fun versus what is knowledgeable about finding out how these enemies work. Uh, yeah. And because risk-reward, you have a higher incentive to actually fight them as opposed to running away, which is the problem. Yeah, like, like and, yeah, and, but and, and, hold, on, hold on for a second, Dom. Like, I, do, yeah. I, I agree with the same point, Ren, as well, because mm-hmm. um, each Pessoa does bring something new to the table. You know, minus Jack, though, he's pretty much like, you know, bare bones by comparison, right? Like, like I mentioned with Mr. X, he's, um, like, if you know your map knowledge, know your map knowledge, you can evade him easily. But in Nemesis' case, for Remake 3, right, he's not, like, the super stonewall. You can take him out pretty easily, though. Now, granted, you know, the rewards kind of suck, but at least you get something out of it um, in contrast to everyone else that, you know, in the, um, the pool. And Lady D, though, Lady D is just, um, unlike literally every pursuer though she cannot get stunned though she's more there um as uh okay i had to uh, just straight up evade her and that's it like she doesn't really bring anything new to terror new to the table other than just maybe like a terror aspect for the first time yeah especially if you play on play on difficulties because she's extremely fast on um on village of shadows like ridiculously fast so like wants ethan's ass in that mode i mean i won't hurt but but uh like I give given I think, you have like oh, just I just wanted to make a bit of a point too and, and just to to slight um well really just to kind of agree with Brandon's point and also just to kind of give a uh, a little bit of credit to RE seven is that like at least I could understand with like Jack Baker in the sense that oh he can't get taken down because of like the story context behind that, but when you got you know like T virus made tyrants and they can't get taken down and they act almost exactly like him in terms of just how they mechanically function right that's kind of like come on now and like at, at least in the case of like lady d in in village too it's like okay i guess that can kind of make sense given that this is also technically in story context it kind of relates to what happened in seven so it makes sense for those two, but like everything else after that, it's just kind of weird how they handled that. Especially for like Nemesis case, like Mr. XO, like his chest, like his coat is literally completely bulletproof. So yeah, aim at the head, right? Nemesis, no, he, as everybody call, he's wearing a trash bag. So like, just throw a grenade, you're done. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and really quick before we wrap this up too technically even if it is bulletproof that doesn't necessarily mean that the the impact of any of the rounds that you're firing wouldn't hurt him one hurt just that 
he's just not going to have any of those rounds penetrating through. So I still think that that should have at least caused some sort of stun or like a, at least slight knockback. But anything. Anyway. Um, well, I'll hold read on. Off, no. Um, no, I actually had a question to ask, though, because it was actually in yeah. relation to comparing Pursuer. So how would you compare Nemesis from Vanilla to remake Nemesis in terms of a Pursuer? Like, the well, there's no contest. This night and day. Absolutely no contest. Now, the one thing I will give remake Nemesis over Vanilla is that I think he's a bit more aggressive at least he's more on your ass than the original because once you on nemesis run towards you he can actually pause for a minute and do nothing not granted remake does do that as well though but when he punches you though he is more relentless with his punches versus no um vanilla nemesis i feel like just the main factor is because the dodge is easier that i found remake nemesis to be less of a problem even on like the higher difficulties i just kept dodging until he either got stun locked by being shot or hitting him in the chest with that like weird metal heart that he had uh yeah. so that, oh, that was like, good that's, a, that's like a, the most artificial weak point they gave him which i didn't like but sorry go ahead yeah that that weak point is something that definitely helped me in a lot of circumstances but i feel like in terms of how they got it right and that guy chasing you it was like either you're gonna die or he's gonna die I felt like it was just much more balanced in the original. Okay. Yeah, I think um, a... to answer that question before we move on, it's I'm kind of split in, in the middle because I like aspects of both. Um, but I, I want to say it, like the original is just it's just overall better because he goes through more mutations and tends to be a little bit more intimidating by comparison. And yeah, um, more of a place in the um, Pursuer department because, like, as a Pursuer, yeah. Remake Nemesis is only there for, like, literally less than 25% of the game. Mm. That, I mean, that said, though, I do like some of the new things they did with uh, Remake Nemesis because they were different. So mm -hmm. um, I'm always open to, like, different things that they could do with pre-existing enemies if they could, like, make it potentially better or just make it more interesting or just build upon what they've already established so well they better make that uh nemesis edition true huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um anyway let's move on i think we're on number seven or yeah one seven yeah the uh, form okay. we're on seven should, but we kind of like we're talking about half of it we're yeah, barely halfway done yeah. holy shit okay nah, so, please, please. uh i mean if you guys want we could skip over to number eight since we kind of already talked about yeah seven's so, so, so just okay. talking about yeah. well we didn't talk about it in depth enough though but yeah, yeah what about the final form like form okay yeah, yeah. I, I guess we could great. focus yeah. on the final form uh so i'll, I'll read off number seven uh, Nemesis also evolves throughout the entire game to multiple forms. How did you feel about the second and third forms primarily? We're going to talk about the third form since we really talked about the second form already. Um, I thought it was interesting and different because like, by the time you get to the end of the game, he kind of goes to a more... I, get, I wouldn't want to say like a primal state, but more like a... Um, Hentai monster. <laughs> he basically becomes <laughs> the parasite that actually controls him. So Which is speak. really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, mean. I I do like that he just eats another tyrant um at um at the dead factory, right? And he just completely goes bonkers. Which uh, I do appreciate the detail in like remake three, for example, that um there's like multiple tyrants, so it makes sense for him to be extra large though. But no, that's a different story altogether. 
But that's a nice little attention, extra attention to detail. Just him is consuming more body mass of another tyrant, and he gets stronger because of that. Like, imagine him doing that while he's still in control of his base form or second form, right? That would have been that would have been one hell of a fight. Well, and I mean the so the coats of the tyrants are supposed to control their like you know mutation yes. and stuff like that. Does that also They're apply? I never remembered if that applied to Nemesis or not. If his coats it does, yeah, it, it okay. does. It does, yeah. So mm-hmm. so not only is he like changing like crazy, but you have beat this thing's ass so hard that it turns into like this body horror monster. Like it's just, it, I I don't know. I have this thing about, um you know quickly into the arkham games where like as the game goes on you're showing progress by your suit getting more damaged or messed up it's kind of the same thing like as the game goes on jill's outfit changes a bit and nemesis gets continually continuously screwed up um it's a good way of showing that like the player is actually having some kind of an impact um across a large amount of time whereas like you know you you in the other games you like blow up a tyrant or you you know you'll uh you'll blow up zombies or whatever uh whereas in three you've got a, a main antagonist that you are just literally beating into a pulp at a point it's like that's those forms are great form of like showing the player that they've done like you know their journey that they've had just destroying this thing and on top of that, though, I, the one thing I can also uh, do like, I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but Nemesis felt, um, seemed like he took the whole battle more personal now. Instead of going by his orders or programming, right? He's deliberate. He wants to do this because of well, what Joe has done to him. Like, heck, um, when Carlos fights him, though, he goes straight after Carlos, too. You know, he, like, he doesn't care anymore. He he's wants blood. Like, <laughs> after all the shit that he's been through, like, he wants revenge for himself. At least that's how I interpret it, because uh, he just goes off the hinge right after he loses his inhibitor. And talking about him getting his ass kicked, I i mean, in the last cutscene, his head fell off, and didn't he fall into, like, some suburban human waste, I don't know, yeah, sex pit? Yeah. So in the original, it's they're, they're in the, um, like, the disposal, disposal factory. factory, yeah, and a bunch chemicals that umbrella was experimenting on that they you know just needed to dispose of would get disposed there so when nemesis's body like gets dumped into that basically vat of like chemicals it more or less kind of like energized him a little bit more oh okay i see yeah. that was the idea it, yeah it's also just traces of like the t virus that also just infused yeah. mutation in his body that's why when he eats the tyrant, he like fully mutates because the T virus is strong and he just ingests more T virus sample. Do DNA. they ever uh, specify if it's a different strain of the T virus at that point? Mm, it's the T virus. Well, no. No, okay, no. no, they never specify as a different um, T virus. Uh, unless you're talking about Nemesis himself, though, his is a mixture of like the any parasite and the T virus, but. As far as like everything else, it's just the T virus that we know. Well, yeah, I only ask because yeah. I know like, because um, like the stuff that's happening in Raccoon City, it's a slightly different strain compared to what was at the mansion. Yeah, with remake so. uh, that they did bring that up in the story, but I still think he's all T virus up, and he has the main Lisa Trevor parasite in his body. Yeah, this is all heavily up for possible retconning, by the way. Oh, I put it to you like this, uh, and considering the fact that uh, Pete Fabiano is no longer at Capcom, but 
considering the fact that he said that all versions of RE2 are canon, it's best to assume that every version of any RE game that has ever been released that has been considered canon by uh, by Capcom would be considered canon. Which I mean, is, was that, you know, impossible, but... I mean, well, with that standpoint, then you could just pretty much make your own timeline of events for the story. So exactly. in that case, then if you don't like, you know, the new continuity from two and three remakes, then you could just leave that out and just focus on the original games, which honestly, it was not wouldn't be unfair considering that the games were made with that focus in mind versus now, you know, so. I yeah. admittedly, though, as uh, whether anybody likes it or hate it i i could see that working in a way where like if they ever needed to reboot resident evil they could always just do a like sort of like a soft reboot where they just decide to go with like a different timeline of events where certain games are canon in that timeline and Reckless certain City? events are no no i'm just saying like 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 you know certain outcomes and endings and scenarios could be considered canon in a new potential like rebooted timeline uh, but everything else would have been, you know, retconned or considered a different timeline. You know what I mean? And uh, all I'll say to cycle back to the question is that his look is awesome. The ribs in the back, the exposed brain, that all looks pretty gnarly. And it leads to one of my most favorite lines in the original game, which is, you want stars? I'll give you stars and he gets uh, shot and just that mercy killing alone is so satisfying when you fight that boss. I, I felt like the boss itself was easy, but just the satisfaction of killing Nemesis once and for all, I, who who picked the option to just run away and not pick up the gun? Yeah, like who picked I that? Never, I never use that option yet. I don't know what happens either. So I think I've, it just I've dies. That option right? A couple of times. Uh, Nemesis dies in the explosion. But uh, generally, I think the ending that you'll end up getting is uh, Carlos and Jill pilot the helicopter on their own. Barry does not come and pick them up. Um, I think that depends on whether you jump from the bridge or not. Yeah, that's from the bridge. Yeah, that's from the bridge. Yeah, if you okay, don't, yeah, well, that, yeah, um, no. the only thing that changes is if you shoot it and kill it there, or if it just is assumed dead in the explosion. Okay, yeah, yes. I, I, I have... I have picked the option to run away a couple of times, and all, all she really does is just run away. It doesn't yeah, really... I, I, I think the only difference it might be is that um, Carlos, if you choose to run away, you see Carlos pop the flare for the helicopter to land. If you choose to kill Nemesis, uh, Carlos is waiting by the helicopter for you. Oh, That's okay. the only difference I think I've seen. Very minimal, but it's still there. Yeah. Just the ending, just like... the ending you get is depending on... If Barry's there or not is from the bridge. Yep. Otherwise, it's very yeah. minimal if you choose to kill Nemesis. It's Which, just it does device. make sense, though, because, you know, you just left immediately versus just spending a little extra time just making sure the monster is there, you know? So it does make sense in it, you know, that um, you see Carlos pop the flare versus, you know, just waiting for you, know? It's, it's minor detail. Minor detail. Yeah. Also, Silver, you were saying something? No, I was just going to say, can I just, I was going to add that I find the the contrast and i'm gonna i'm gonna give this context really really you know fascinating in his more composed restrained form when he was wearing the inhibitor it felt like he went down easier but in that last fight when he's looking more like your stereotypical monstrous bioweapon it takes an experimental railgun and an entire chamber of magnum to take him down 
and say hypothetically he survived he you know he got back up off screen while we're leaving it would then take a nuclear warhead so the the sheer hardiness in that really monstrous form was quite a jarring you know sort of thing that i enjoyed seeing i'm like god this thing is literally taking everything in the world to take down and i thought that was really impressive in that last form i i like that a lot Theoretically yeah, speaking, then he'd be tankier than Birkin. Yeah, huh? I think the lesson yeah, we learned here, definitely. kids, is don't do drugs. Hey, oh, exactly. that's Birkin, man. <laughs> that's <laughs> Birkin. Don't do drugs. You get eyeball arm. Don't don't I mean, join uh, shady companies that develop bioweapons. That's Amazon. the lesson. Amazon. <laughs> to get just to get a little off track, just if Birkin was able to mutate more and more, he would eventually get stronger than Nemesis. In theory. Yeah, in theory, the problem is that he, he can't control himself, so, like, <laughs> would that be a win? Cause... It's just, it's because the G just led to more possible mutations than the T. Uh, just, I'm not gonna, like, diverge anymore, but I just remember the comics, or, uh, Mahwas, they had, uh... I was about to say. Yeah, basically, Birkin versus Nemesis. Dude, if, if I would've saw something like that, maybe in, like, a what-if story or whatever, that would be pretty fucking sick. It is. I mean, honestly, in the short term, Nemesis will win, considering that Birkin is still mostly human. Like, Birkin needs to evolve into his, was it, G3 state? No one with four arms to mm. even stand a chance against him. So many Nemesis does to kill him right away. Alright, hear me G2 out. This is G2 state in the Manwa where Birkin was able to beat back Nemesis. Hear me Freeze. out. What if Nemesis decided to just eat Birkin? Oh, that'd be GG's. That, it'll be over. I was thinking that. <laughs> Because, like, you know, he ate a dead tyrant to get more beefed up, so there's no reason why he couldn't eat G-infected Birkin and get even more beefed up. And in theory, though, he would be more... He would be more in control of himself because of the parasite, because he keeps... Well, yeah, he mutates strongly, though, but he still keeps Nemesis controlled enough where he still has some form of senses, versus in Birkin's case, um, his consciousness is completely taken over by the virus instead of vice versa you know so we're really plotting you know, it, jill's demise right now yeah okay you know what fuck, let's get, let's go somewhere else like this is All something right. else this All right. uh brandon you want to read off uh i don't even know what question we're on eight number eight. eight yep uh what are your thoughts on the level design plot characters um when strictly compared to re2 since it's a prequel and sequel um, I feel like there's definitely a lot more character going on here because uh, you you do interact with characters a little bit more often in comparison comparison to Resident Evil Two. There's a lot more downtime in Resident Evil Two. I think um, yeah. it works better than Resident Evil Two only because you have the character one of the characters that was heavily involved with the incident from the first game. So I, granted. Yeah, two is a good kind of like I wouldn't say like distraction, but just a a good like side story, if you will, right? That continues the plot, but from different characters' perspectives. That one of which is related to a character that we uh, uh, got to experience their story from the previous game, right? So now we get to experience that same or a new story based on new characters' experiences, but. Why I think three works better is just that we return with one of those characters we're familiar with and kind of see what they're going through at that current point in time after that initial incident. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Make sure to edit that one out of the podcast. No, nah, keep it in. It's funny. Smack that boom, Mike. All right. So, sorry. 
Uh, so uh, I I think that there is definitely some weird stuff that happens. It's really a tight window because Jill is basically there before Claire and Leon, and then it's like after they leave. Uh, that's when the whole events of Nemesis infecting Jill happens, and she sleeps through the entirety of RE2. Um, it's, it's very convenient in Jill's case, but there is like things where it's like, well, you have these normal outbreak people taking down the barricades and people getting through from the military choke points and all this other stuff. So I I think that's just like minor small potatoes because in the remakes, it felt like all that stuff was just there and they didn't touch it. Uh, but it's cool. I think it's a little... I think it's a little worse in the remake's case though, because it just suddenly everything is just there, even though you go through it as one character and then suddenly everything is not there, then because they're there when you play as you know, the R2 characters, so like, you know. Yeah, at least they still, explained like, yeah. the upstairs blowing up, but still. It's like I, I would say there's some conveniences and there's some things made, but overall what they did in the original compared to the remake is the interesting stuff because you have Brad dying, which is a pretty tragic event. I mean, at first it's like, you, you think he's an asshole. He comes back, he saves you. Then he tries to help Jill out even more, give her some information. Then he dies. Um, and the whole dynamic between Jill and Carlos is very interesting because he's a new character. He works for umbrella but Jill doesn't trust them. And there's that whole dynamic of, well, can they really work together throughout the whole thing? Which is something that people sort of whine and complain about. Oh, Jill trusts uh, Carlos or whatever. She's bad at him, all that stuff. And I'm just like, it makes sense because her entire platoon of comrades died in that mansion. You know, in the case of that though, like there's something that actually think that actually the original game kind of did better than the, like, the remake is that um how jill like composed herself in a situation when working with the enemy quote-unquote right that's why yeah like mm-hmm. you said though it's umbrella umbrella hired these guys right but she doesn't know who they are though but the fact that it's umbrella on it though she has the right to be you know skeptical right but the one thing that um i think the original did better is that jill was more composed of herself when you know talking to the enemy versus just lashing out at carlos right away in remake you know that's uh, one aspect i think that's better that, that's right, funny that's, when she smacked him. Yeah, she smacked him, though, because he was just losing his shit. I'm like, no, he bitch. He was being very silly. He was yeah. very, very silly. We're all going to die here. Yeah, Carlos. Nope. Like, bitch, shut up. I, I did like that humane aspect of Carlos just, like, knowing that it's over and possibly giving up. Like, he doesn't do yeah. that in the remake. Yeah. But that's why, oh, that's why I enjoy their, you know, that, at least that aspect of John Carlos in the original over the yeah. remake. Because she's not yeah. just lashing out at characters for no reason in um in the original, in contrast to the remake. She does want to still help them, but, you know, I, I get that. But still, it's just like, I, I do like that it takes a while to really get, like, things going. And then when you have these characters get introduced, they slowly start to be killed off, like, by Nikolai. And and you're really wondering, like, is this guy going to get me next? What's going to happen? And that's the whole mystery behind it. It's like, now you have a legit bad guy going around and murdering all these people, and you're trying to save them. And, you know, you go at odds with each other. That's why I like the differing endings of either Nikolai dying or you blow him up. There's so many options to it. Yeah. Or he gets brutally, yeah. like, torn apart in one of them. Just... Oh, that was great when Nemesis yeah, killed I, I him. I got that one. You, yeah, you, had to, you had to skip a section of the game, 
basically for him. You have to, to you have to system. work to get that set, to get that ending, but it is pretty. Yeah. Cool. How do you get that yeah, ending I, again? I, I forgot. One. You can shoot him. <laughs> you have to. Ending... Um, it's only one of the routes. I forget if I forget if you push. Ne- you got to push Nemesis off the bridge. I yeah, think. If you push him. Push him uh, off. Yeah, he gets I, I uh, killed by Nemi. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. Good. Him. I always push Nemi off for the most part because it's a much easier route than jumping off. Oh, on top of that too, um, you don't have to fight Nikolai or negotiate with him because uh, you can actually shoot Nikolai out the air um, if you um, jump off the bridge, if you choose to. Hmm. Yeah. As far as oh, plot sh- is concerned, uh, Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil 2, um, <laughs> I, even as a kid, I was like, this doesn't make sense because... Jill has to be at the police station like two seconds before Leon and Claire show up, basically. Um, and I mean, you thunder through it, sure, but it's still like the timing is super, super weird. As far as level design, you have almost kind of this. Um, when you get to kind of the middle of the game, it has this sort of hub feel to it almost when you're going, when you've got access to the restaurant and the newspaper yes. place and all that, not a real hub feeling. Um, strictly compared to two. It's, I mean, it's an action movie. Two's a ha- two's a haunted house ride, just like one. Mm-hmm. And Resident Evil Three is an action movie. That's just the, the you know straight up. And then yeah, you have Jill knocked out for two, two days. days. Yeah, two whole days. Yeah. Which, not to be that guy, but coming from you know, and I know that talking about realism in a Resident Evil game is like insanity. But yeah, uh, yeah. talking from a guy who's come from a medical field if you're knocked out for two days you're dead like you're not you can't recover from that if you're unconscious for two days unless you're on a bunch of different shit but that's you know stupid i think realism crap well like what you go ahead sorry it's fine that's fine i apologize i was just gonna i was just gonna say i think i actually committed this point to memory because it just felt kind of striking to me when i first learned about it she obviously starts, Jill starts on the 28th. She gets infected and then falls unconscious at, like, you know, the early hours of the 29th. Leon and Claire arrive while she's unconscious. The events of Resident Evil 2 happen while she's still knocked out. She wakes up on the 1st and they're already gone. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I, I think that's the order it goes in. Yeah. Yes. yeah so, basically... Awake, um, one day, knocked out during um course of the two days. That's when Leon, Leon and Claire came in. Then after she wakes up, all these get cured by Carlos. That's um after R two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when they learn about the missile and everything. Mm-hmm. And then we have to remember that outbreak is first. Yeah, oh, outbreak. Yeah, it's, it's, Wait, I thought the same time yeah. as R three, like starting. Really? Yeah. No. It's, it's, yeah. No, I'm. Outbreak is kind of a little bit all over the place. Um, ah. There's like it's various points because you've got some like at the very early because no one re- like the first thing is like when it first like becomes a, a real issue in the city. Yeah. Like, it's been re- like it yeah. started happening, but people haven't yet realized what the hell was actually going on. And then by the end of that, obviously that's when the city gets nuked. So, but to be technical, then that would be um the honk um squad coming in and shooting burger, and that's at first, and then um outbreak slash re three day one, and then pull off from there. We're forgetting yeah. about the best game, which is Operation Raccoon City, which is you know Oof. right. Uh, 
Oh, <laughs> that, that's that's fighting talk right there. <laughs> fighting talk. I have to. I have to mention that piece of shit every once in a while. Yeah, but like, like the whole like timeline and things. Like, there's reports of people of hobos basically biting and eating people. That's oh. like the whole story in Reckon City. The infection starts like two days before like the city goes into like into chaos because people are slowly infected by the water system and rats yeah. spreading. Yeah. And then yeah, you, you, actually... you, hit, you hit, reach a breaking point, right? Then just like accelerates and then it just every all hell breaks loose. So, like, so, the, so, first... the, out, so the outbreak yeah. is like one week at least, right? It, it's before a, it gets it's nuked. A, it's a, um, it's yeah, a it's... week. It is a week because uh Marvin talks about it in remake. Leon well, like, was supposed it's... to be there a week ago. He's like, glad you weren't here I'm a week like... ago because shit was going hitting the fan. Well, that's remake sound like that's a little different because they did kind of like wreck on these Leon's little thing. I mean, I the, the so. exact details has changed over the course of time, but it's an exponential growth. Like, yeah. regardless, just even scientifically, it's exponential growth. So it's it's going to be happening for a while without people really realizing what's going on, and then you eventually hit a point where it starts accelerating wildly. Um, yeah. At which point it's obviously too late to stop. So I was just gonna like follow up with I'm such a raging, like absolutely obsessed outbreak fan. Like it's me and also my kid sister's like favorite game of all time, pretty much. Pretty much <laughs> that title Resident Evil 2, but I've got the actual date the outbreak starts roughly committed to memory. And I believe it's September the 23rd. And the the statements about people getting infected by the water supply are also corroborated by if anybody remembers Bob in the outbreak yep. scenario, um, Mark's mm -hmm. friend, he you know he's not been bitten. There's no explanation there. But if you read you know into the sort of like the source material and do a bit of background research, it turns out he became infected from drinking from an infected water supply. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always had a theory yeah. that when you see the uh, rats in the bar, I thought he got nibbled on by a bit of a rat. That's why he mm. got infected. That was one of my theories before I learned that the water supply was also infected. I was like, ah, that's probably more possible. But I, I must say, overall plot of Resident Evil 3, do you think it's good? Do you think there could be things that could be better? What is the general consensus? Uh, my only real complaint, really, though, and this applies to um, Vanilla and the remake, is that the lack of survivors, because um, in original, you run to a quite a bit of survivors that you see them get killed off, whatever, but mm. there's no system where you can actually at least save them or like you know, run to a survivor that can at least give you a helping hand. So like, say, like, say um, you run to Dario again before he gets killed off, right? He'll give you some ammo or something before he yeah. dies, or maybe that blonde woman that was running across the um, aisles, right? If you actually follow her into the um, uh, one of the alleyways, the same one you actually come through, um, she's she dies from eating, getting by zombies. That would have that been cool if you could actually save these people and send them to the train. Like, I mean, uh, something like that, you know? Kind of canon mercenaries? I suppose that's not really, that's not really canon. <laughs> that's non -canon. No, it doesn't canon. I mean, no, that, that was just... I, I understand, yeah. yeah. It's something that I think would have been cool in the original. I think it's something they probably could have tried to throw in a bit more in the remake, definitely. Um, but it's like, it doesn't really add anything. It's all going to end up the same way. So I, I get why they did decide to really follow that through. It's just, it just expands the just character development and character interaction just to have little cool little moments like that. 
I will give, I think, Ivory's plot is, I give it props for trying to be cute, you know, and obviously, you know, you've gone through, you know, the first game of, like, trying to work out what the heck's going on, and then the second game is, like, just surviving, like, this crazy situation. Uh, whereas, you know, it, it's like, you can't just do the same thing with the third game. You have to kind of, like, try and do something a little bit extra. You know, this is not Jill's, you know, this ain't her first time, so... Um, and obviously you've got like this subplot of like her distrust of Umbrella, which makes sense. Um, I think it's a little bit forced. I guess it's a little bit on the forced side, um, like, especially if you've not played like the first game, then you're kind of wondering what exactly is going on. But like it's it's fine enough. Um, and then obviously later on, you start you know realizing this whole supervisor plot line, which I think is cute for ambition. I wasn't really the biggest fan of the whole supervisor thing. Like, I get it, you know, this whole, you know, the whole corporate sort of, you know, someone selling out their teammates for money and whatever else. Like, it, it makes sense. It's umbrella. Like, this, this shit happens all the time. Um, but you know, I, I don't think the plot was the strongest part of the game by any stretch. But I think it was, it was fine. Yeah, it's very fast paced to all those events detailed, and it. I mean, there's. A lot of good bits, and then there are some bits where it's like, maybe this could have been a little bit developed more. I mean, as uh, it stands now, Cole Veronica, in my opinion, is the one where they really tried to hone in on the story, whereas this one is like, it's my last escape. I have to get out of here as soon as possible. Very basic, straight to the point. The survivalist basic story versus yeah. um, you going somewhere uh -huh. and trying to figure out what's going on. No. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of going in, you try and get out. What is this? No. Don't open that door. <laughs> uh. Can I just um, quickly add one thing as well, since uh, level design was, uh, I believe it was part of the question, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah. One thing I did really want to credit this game for, over two, despite being a, a massive two fan, is that we were in, you know, in Resident Evil 2, we saw Leon and Claire arrive and then we saw them sort of driving through the streets and, you know, making a lucky escape towards the police station. And then when you get control of our characters, you know, you've got one or two screens where you're in the streets and it's done. Whereas in three, it drops you right in the middle of the chaos. You are in the middle of that city, surrounded by zombies, and it is hell on earth. And I thought that was a really good thing. A good place to start us and a really nice touch to add because you didn't see a lot of the city in two, did you? You didn't see it. Hey, Actually, uh, you know, um, um, another thing too is uh, especially a question I asked earlier though, but it technically wasn't in the dock. Is the fact that um, this is the first game that um, I think that she has like environmental stuff like explosives, for example, right? Like the red barrels, the bombs on the wall, and the lamp posts you can shoot down. Like this is the first uh, game to, to my recollection that done it. When that's in the series since then has kept like Resident Evil. I think Kovanga had it. I don't remember the top of my head. Um, four, you know, has supposed to barrels, five, and so on. No, it kept you no know, these the interactive environment type angle. Yeah. yeah, and it added more to the action as well because it's like uh, there are sections where you're fighting like nine zombies, so you're gonna need those barrels like as soon as possible. Yeah, the, the ambush yeah. at the pharmacy is the biggest big example. You know, there's a lot of dudes coming after you, so you've got to use, like, the, the steam valves and such just to buy you extra time and kind of help you out, that sort of thing. You know, it's all good stuff. Uh, it's like... Hmm. 
Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that I feel like if we go to the level design itself, uh, let's take a moment to appreciate the Death Factory because we have yeah. Nest 2 in the remake and it's all clean and spiffy looking, whereas this is like decayed, worn down, yeah. rusty. Yeah, the rustic look, which I really do like, because it makes sense yeah. though. Like, there's, there's no reason for Ness and Ness 2 to look so futuristic like that when no uh, umbrella, no, Grant established like a long time ago, right? But these labs, like, how can they make these labs that futuristic despite no how old the company and some of these labs are really are? Because they've been controlled for Raccoon City for years. It me telling me it looks that pristine. Like, well, sorry, I, I don't buy that. I guess. I think the, the two things do um, operate and like have different functions. You know, the Dead Factory is like, it's its own cover. Like, it's kind of meant to get this projection of it's disused, it's abandoned, so that Umbrella could be, like, doing that the disposal of this stuff, like, under everyone's noses and, like, it not yeah. be obvious. Um, oh, then, obviously, you've got the Nest stuff, which is obviously... I think it's obviously souped up and made to look really fancy because it's current-gen consoles at the time. It's meant to take use of the... Of the uh, you know, like the graphics, make it look all really cool, very interesting to look at sort of thing. Obviously, it doesn't make the most logical aspects, especially Nest 2 in um, in the Resident Evil 3 remake, because you've got this giant, massive, sprawling underground laboratory, and somehow no one knows that it's underneath the hospital, which is, for lack of a better word, dumb. No. But... It's like it's still it's in actual physical use. And while it's under the ground and it's kind of silly that it's there, there's no need to hide anything like that. It's in full operation. So, um, so like, yeah, I, I, think, I think the two do have slightly different functions of what they were actually meant to do, which I think kind of explains it. But there are still definite plot holes there. Yeah, but at least though, like, I could let it slide if there's something in the game that explains that Ness is, like, relatively new and rebuilt of, an, of like, old labs or whatever. Because, again, like, if they've been in base Operation Raccoon for a long time, like, I understand making upgrades to your system. Because, like, um, even, like, um, vanilla Resident Evil 2, right, certain labs do look pretty damn pristine, right? But when you leave, like, those other areas, though, like, go outside into the center, the core, it still looked rustic, which would at least makes sense, you know. All things considered, maybe, maybe they just had the painting company in like the week before the outbreak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, to add to that, the Dead Factory is kind of utilitarian, right? I mean, you don't want to put yeah. nice yeah. shit it's there. In, it's in the name, Dead Factory. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's in the name. It's it's disused. It's meant to be very old and rustic and give that sort of feeling. It's, it's the entire principle of it. Not to get too gross Winking. here, but I visited a few morgues in my time and. Uh, yeah, it's utilitarian compared to, you know, let's say a hospital with actual live people or decent things going on. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Same thing. Yeah, so it's, there's, there's a bit of thematic stuff. There's a little bit of convenience, but I think it does sort of serve a purpose. It kind but of I, guess, I guess my overall issue is that it looked too futuristic for um, 1998. Um, no, no, yes, you've got this giant, massive shaft with, like, no bottom, and it's just like... like that's more advanced than what we got. In fact, that's more advanced than the sequels have. Let me yes. be quite frank. So, yeah, like, I, that's that right there. I cannot excuse on its own. It's it's I've... kind of silly and dumb, but it's like it's a convenience. It's a plot device. Like we, it's it is suspension of one's disbelief. Yep. I like. I feel... the levels are great. Go ahead. 
I was just gonna say I feel that the the sort of like two remake and three remake kind of and this might be an unwelcome comparison here, so feel free to reprimand me if you don't agree. I feel like they kind of fell into the trap a little bit in the same way that the movies did of making things a bit too futuristic for the time that they were set in. Because the movies did that as well, didn't they? It's like was it was been said earlier, there is no way we had that technology in 1998. Unless the unless governments across the world were doing some very fancy cover-ups, let's be honest. There is one issue to this. If we hadn't had mm. that, we would never have had that laser hallway in Resident Evil 4 and get to see Leon doing bank flips over like laser death and all that sort of thing, and it would be a poorer world for it. That's the it, only it, criticism it, I have for that point. Leon backflipping in that hallway was legendary. I enjoy it every time I play that game. It's, it's and Chris and Joe yeah. did it too. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's it's meant to like be like you know, Umbrella's like this cutting edge techno um, company. They have all this like hyper advanced technology for the time, even though it's stuff that like again, it makes no sense that they have. But it's yeah. it's it's a, it, it's suspension of disbelief. You're you're meant to kind of buy into something which makes no logical sense at all when you actually break it down. You just kind of accept it and go for the ride. So hmm. just want to add one more thing as well that uh renegades added in chat right there when he when he said i remember people complained about the flash drive in re2 uh, remake as well right and i want to bring that, this up the... I, I i did my research right i it's resident evil 2 i'm obsessed i'll be honest i, I love resident evil 2 so i did my research usb 1.0 existed in a very primitive form back then it was primitive and it was very expensive and only a lot of very you know big corporations used it and also a, a couple of police forces but it did exist so they weren't actually you know offering Wrong. money there yep yeah uh, it was spot on i i didn't know people complaining about it until rent told me about it I'm like really People doing research. They existed the at the time. Internet. Everyone complains about Ironically, it. nobody do their research on the fucking internet. I know. Yeah. Shocking. Right? It's, <laughs> it's a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, <laughs> so there is there is a side question. I know this has gone like really long, but it's it's very informative discussion. So I want to just bring this up. Uh it's not in the doc, but I do remember when there was the planning phases for Resident Evil 3. And they were saying something about Hunk being on a boat, and that was going to be the whole game. How do you guys feel about that premise? Like, do you think it would have worked or not? Honestly, like for PS... Resident 2.0, which is the worst thing we could possibly ever have had. Honestly, for mm. PS1, I don't think it would have worked, because I imagine they wouldn't go something pretty, you know, big in scale. Because let's be honest here, a boat is not, well, a ship, like, they're not going to go small with a small ship, right? They're going to go pretty big, right? And another game did that for PS1, I think, or Saturn, whatever, and it was fine, though, but it was nothing grandiose. So, but knowing Capcom, they wanted to, like, milk their environment as much as they possibly wanted. Because you saw what it did with Resident Evil 3, you know, you saw how what it did to their environments there, right? So, I think it's for the better they didn't do it, and they, I'm glad they revisited the idea in Revelations 1, which, that in itself had, had its own problems with, um, with the setting. So, till there, no, um, I'm fine with them not doing didn't doing that with the idea of Resident Evil 3 at a time. Mm. I mean we did get that game eventually. It's Revelations 1. Yes, yes. we did. Yeah. We've... And they did a much better job than doing that, you know. 
Which is an impressive title in its own right, but yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a better game than people remember. Yeah, and then we also got Cold Fear, so I mean, like, it, stuff on boats, like, we're it's covered, man. Yeah, right. I, okay, I so, also, good. Sorry. I was going to say, I also want to add, it's fine, it's fine, Um, that, and this one might surprise you, just in terms of me liking it, but it wasn't the first time we saw Resident Evil on a boat. Uh, dead aim, gentlemen. Dead aim. Yeah. We're dead aim. And, we're uh, on a boat. Oh, I yeah. think we're on a boat. Like, there's been a lot of boats. I I actually really did enjoy uh, Dead Aim, the first half on the boat, at least for the you know the dark, dimly lit corridors. It felt very atmospheric. So that that's just an aside, but it it wasn't the first time we saw it on a boat. I just yeah, I just that's like why I say like I'm glad they didn't do it for PS One. No, you're, you're right. I actually completely forgot about Dead Aim. You know, you're absolutely right. They did do it first for as a boat, and no, Dead Aim mm-hmm. to its credit though is not inherently a bad game though. I wish they re-released it into like more uh, consoles. Like, come on, I mean, <laughs> too, Brendel. Me too. I, Me too. I, I don't know. I think one of Dead Aim's best bits is its opening cinematic. Like before you get to the main menu, it's probably one of the. Best I do like the characters, man. Like it, yes, but I mean, like, I only replayed. I replayed this like. Not very long ago on stream, the handgun only run, and like when the game's good, it's all right, but like, oh god, the plot is just all over the job. Horror, please. Okay, Morpheus. I know we're completely off topic here, but like, my god, I can't, can't heavily defend that game. It's fine when it wants to be, but it is a bit mad. Um, Why do you Americans use such ugly guns? <sighs> makes no sense, that line. It's... It makes me cringe a bit. Wow. I mean, you've got Feng Min, she's got like a tracker in her arm so she can get hit by a satellite. I mean, but anyways. Uh, sorry, sorry I, I digressed as there. Sorry, we, guys. We, we, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, we digress so far from question eight. It's been ridiculous. Yes. So, moving swiftly on. Is, are, is, are we finished, Ren? Question mark? It is one thing I want to mention. Like, I, I do agree that it would have been a technical nightmare on the PS1 with the boat. But the most interesting aspect, honestly, is Hunk. Hearing more of his story, seeing more of his background, that would have been something that would have been very cool to see at the time. And we would have got at least a Hunk centric game where we don't have that now. So that that's like really the only saving grace so far about it. I think the graphics, though handling all that it would have been definitely something to see but i don't think it would have ended well well actually you know what think it all right you actually now think about um something else they probably could have done this is like hindsight speaking now and i think about it but they could have um expanded upon honk and resident equal 3 like have another mode no just like i said just make it like an arcade type game mode before survivor you could have done like an actual narratively type thing where he escapes because um him and of course this is later until we find out but ada you know were the last two people that escaped before the city nuked as well along with joe and carlos so they could have like done something with um narratively speaking with honk and resident evil 3 if they um wanted to of course but that's just hindsight speaking so yep mm. anyway uh should we move on to the next question yes please hey ren read up number nine Okay, so number nine, what do you think about the post-game content, such as the first proper Mercenaries minigame for the series, as well as weapons, costumes, and epilogues? Okay, so Mercenaries, uh, let's get right into that. It's very fun. It's so fun. fun. Probably my best, probably my favorite iteration of the minigame Mercenaries, in my personal opinion. I don't know, Mercenaries 3D was pretty cool. 
Yeah, it was, but... RE5 Mercenaries was pretty dope. Yeah, it's for preference. The way it is, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of obviously built off of the uh, battle mode that was in the DualShock version of Resident Evil Two, which is sort of similar, um, except this is obviously time pressured. You've got you know the specific setups, and you know it's it's to try and beat like mercenaries Mad Jackal like decently is is pretty tough. Um, unless you yeah, it is our hard iteration of mercenaries, or at least yeah. operation is no type. Yeah, I mean, the series is like in infinitely better place for it. If you think, obviously, uh, you had that, which then was then changed a little bit and altered for Resident Evil 4, and then the rest was history. Resident Evil 5, I mean, Mercenary 3. Got your raid modes. Yeah, raid modes. Like, it's this pretty much like while Battle Mode was like the first in the bar shop. In the dual shot version for RE2. Oh, you said so, Bioshock. I heard that. Yeah. Um, series that he needs to do. But oh well. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get there eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, like all of this stuff, like, is it has Mad Jackal to thank, um, which, while it's a pretty simplistic concept on its own, it's very time pressured. Some of it's very, very difficult, um, but was very, very addictive. You could play it a bit to help with your main game if you felt it needed to. Um, and it's just the setup was, was really, really cool. Um, very, very awesome mode. That yeah. and there's a nice bit of a variation as well with um, each of the mercenaries having different loadouts and weapons. So that give you a very interesting way to go yeah. through it each time. Kyle just kills everything. Carlos, Carlos is actually a very tricky. He has the assault rifle, which is a good weapon, and the pistol. But well, uh, he, had the, he had the STI, I think. Mm. Yes, says, Carlos had the STI and the assault yeah, rifle. Yeah, the, the STI, which are both decent mm. weapons, but like very awkward for like chaining enemies together, which is the big concept, you know, of killing enemies in groups to get the most time out of them. Um, yeah. which is very, very difficult to do with yeah. Carlos and the assault rifle. It's kind of random how it works. So. Yeah. And then obviously uh, Nikolai is Nikolai, and obviously establishing the trope of the bad guy has the knife and the pistol and have mm. fun with that. The chat. Just, just gets better drops from the survivors yeah he gets uh, hands a bullet so that at least he gets him some leeway i mean if you don't say those survivors as uh nikolai you're screwed yeah why well, is nikolai man he doesn't need those survivors just steal it oh i mean that's not, that's not how <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah no i don't care how it works man that's nikolai's yeah. lore I'm that, was the, that was the main thing for it. I mean, like the, the costumes in the boutique was kind of cool. Obviously, you had you know several references. You had like, old school Jill. You had obviously uh, Regina, Diana Christ, a couple of bits and pieces. And there was many more costumes that were thrown into different versions of the game. I believe wasn't there? Some of them were only like um, this one was like, like certain console exclusive. Like you get your kind of drinkers, your your um, GameCube exclusive costumes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Which I think like, no, the GameCube ones. Uh, Honestly, though, I think the boutique is probably like the best um, post game unlockable in opinion because it feels yeah. like a secondary um, save room. Like it's so chill and zazz. Like while the world's on fire and about to get nuked, I, I'm gonna go shopping real quick and get some new clothes. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's very soothing. Costumes in the game. Someone posted oh, yeah, all the yeah. costumes. I, I don't even remember like all of them outside oh, of Regina. Not a lot of it. That's like some of the best costumes, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah. grab them. The Dino Crisis one is like really the only one I kind of cared about. The yeah, two of them that I remember the most, though, or at least use the most, is the Sexy Cop one, for obvious reasons, and Regina, because it's fucking Regina. She deserves it. Yeah, yeah, I and then Regina. there's Biker Jill. Yeah, and Biker Jill as well. Yeah. Biker Jill yeah. is like one of my favorite ones to use, other than Regina. 
Uh, isn't isn't RE one Jill in this uh sort of yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah it's, it's yeah. variant. It's not like for like, um, but it's kind of similar to style. It's like an updated edition of it. Oh, much. okay. A little modified. It's what I ran for like my second. Run it's of it's brighter than the original. It's more blue. Yeah, better heart, better technology. That's all. The original more was like a like a plaid green, kind of like army green almost. Like the like a remake basically brought that to like have that plaid green. Uh, Resident Evil Three uh, RE One outfit Jill was more blue. It was more like stars color. Yeah, realistically, which honestly do... looks better than plaid green in my opinion. Mm. I do have a bit of a bone to pick with the epilogues, for Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Uh, or are you? I I like the idea that you can complete the game a few different times and kind of get like uh, bits and pieces on characters from either the game or even from other parts of the series. But to comp- have to beat the game eight times to get all the epilogues, I like there has to be a better way to deliver the system, right? Dude. You know, your your mileage may vary though, but I necessarily don't have a problem with it though, because like enthusiasts like us are gonna replay the game anyway. And plus, yeah. like to mention, given yeah. the nature of Resident Evil Three, you know, you will want to replay it to re-experience the game. Times? I mean, okay, Chad, let's be real here. How many times you've beaten other Resident Evil games? You're gonna beat the game more than eight times. So I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I yeah, did it for um... my series. I beat it eight times, but six and a half of those was on autopilot. Uh, infinite ammo magnum and just running through it as fast. Hey, well, you did it right. That was only because I did the series. Otherwise, I'd never would have done. And I love it. There's I, a apparently there's a thing with the epilogues that I guess was apparent. I don't know if it's true or not. If you played the game and if you grabbed every single file and readable and like all the films and stuff you get in the game, when you beat it, you unlock all the epilogues to viewing. I think I've ever heard of this, so I, I hadn't heard that. No, I, I have to question its validity. I'm afraid there was a, apparently yeah, there was too. something where if you collect every file in the game, and there's some of them where there's some of them that you can completely. Oh, so miss. you get Jill's diary, basically. Jill's diary. You get Dario's uh, memo. You get um, all the films, and then every readable text in the game you can find. Apparently, that unlocks all the epilogues for you in one sitting. Apparently, uh, I, honestly, I haven't tried done this. My my brother probably did not care because he beat the game eight times anyway. So I guess it's like, well, screw it. I'm just gonna do it like solo dolo and beat it. And he did. Yeah. There's enough yeah, content to play for it twice, maybe three. But I I think once you get into sort of you're asking to beat a game six, seven, eight times, I think you're kind of getting a little bit ridiculous. But that's uh, well, you're gonna hate Dan McRae then. I mean, <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. I've done the first oh, three yeah. once, yeah. playing future ones shortly, but like, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm, they're the same premise, though. A lot of stuff, you gotta beat the game more than once. Yep. Yeah, well, it's gotta, it's gotta earn that from me. I'm not just gonna do it for the sake of it, especially now that, I don't know, YouTube exists. All right, screw it. So, since we're here, favorite epilogue, what is it? Uh, oh, okay. Hmm. That's a hard oh, one. Yeah, I guess, uh, maybe Adas. Hmm. Uh, maybe Adas. It is or Barry. Barry's a good shout. Usually, yeah. you get to, like the little bit of feedback on like his family after, especially if you've played Resident Evil One and you realize he's getting manipulated for their safety. It's a nice kind of closure for that. Um, the, the reason for Ada, though, like not only is surprising that they brilliantly confirmed that she survived, 
but um you see a different side of ada that you do not see at all in the games like at all you see a more soft side of ada hmm i would go with either ada or you know what i kind of like jill's epilogue as well where you don't know if she really established contact with chris or not until like well after the fact so so that's kind of cool. It's like a little bit of mystery there. Yeah. I mean, talking about Ada and having a softer side to Ada, you know, didn't the whole cheesy spy in love thing kind of run alongside that anyway? But then again, that's probably just a, a trope of the writing at the time, isn't it? Well, uh, I think it's more like ball. maybe a byproduct after the fact. Because um, that, that whole spy versus agent thing didn't really really hit home until um four uh, yeah i can definitely see that i, I agree with that. that wasn't was there an epilogue to do with uh sherry's fate after she left raccoon City? yes there is one yeah, yeah sherry the, last, one. the last one's probably one of the coolest ones which is about hunk oh yeah oh, i he, forgot he about that get, one you finally get to see his face you see his face yeah that, that was kind of cool i like that one yeah, that was a nice touch. It, it's, I like how like a lot of it actually held up. You know, Leon was like already having interactions with the U.S. government. Obviously, Sherry and like the fact with the G virus and like hopefully it won't ever happen. Obviously, Ada as well. Like there was a there was a lot of things that ended up staying um kind of relevant to the series, which which was which was nice to see because you could easy little things like this and just completely just going forward. So. It is nice to see Capcom um, taking some of those little elements of the canon that people, you know, thought were, were colorful or interesting and keeping them for future reference. It, it is nice. I mean, they can be hit and miss on the canon, but, you know, the epilogues is a, is a prime example of when they actually took a few good things and, and integrated them. So they're, they're positives as far as I'm concerned. I get the feeling that most of you guys agree with me as well there. So, you know. Yeah. I'm happy that they were there and they were included. I just think you shouldn't have to play the game eight times to see them. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Unlocking conditions could be better, though, but, like, like I said, as a, if you want to be a hardcore fan, like, especially since it's Resident Evil 3, no, like, it's no biggie, though. Like, if you tell me it's Resident Evil 4, then, yeah, I would agree with you on that one. <laughs> 16 hours. 16 hours. Exactly. But I guess we could be yeah, on I mean, to... Oh, go ahead. Hmm? I was just going to say, I, I'm not really going to complain about the having to, to replay it because, you know, I mean, you're talking to somebody who probably plays Resident Evil 2 A and B scenario 10 to 15 times a year and the remakes on top of that. So the replaying Resident Evil games in general, two, four, three on occasion, even five now and again, just it's like you say, if you're a mega fan, it's or or, or at least a very well established member of the Resident Evil community, it's, it's not going to bother you, is it? Yeah, yeah. but they have to accept that they are outliers, so yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. probably fine though, because I mean, let's be real, all of us here are an outlier of some kind in the community, so <laughs> that's, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. people just have a different pain threshold for going through certain games, like numerous times like there's some re games where it's like i can replay those no problem like two no problem three no problem but some others where it's like six i have a reason for not playing that game like more than twice not yeah. that, is oh also, that is also true that is also true yeah i, I replay yeah. four a ton just to do challenge runs i've done like five challenge runs at this point you must hate yourself 
<laughs> I need to f- come up with new challenge runs. Knife oh, only, man. hand behind the head, blind. What the fuck? Crisscross episodes. Like, 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 there you go. Like I've done no yellow herbs, so only base health. Yellow. I've done no merchant, so that's two in one where it's no inventory increase and no weapons beyond the handgun and shotgun and etc. I've done practically handgun only. And then I've done like TMP only and shit like that. Nice. Well, let's move on to uh, number yeah. 10. Yeah. Where we I'll are read this one off. Uh, right. Where would you rank this game in the franchise compared to the other um, in, in its era? I.e. fix the camera angle. So are you one to call Veronica? Except, except Top. Yeah. It's my top. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So fixed camera only, right? Yeah. It it would be somewhere near. Obviously, uh, zero is gonna be ranked lower because I'm, I'm gonna oh. be that guy. <laughs> um, and and it would be top three. I would say top three is what I'm gonna focus on. So I'm gonna say, uh, RE one remake. That's number one. And then next is. RE2, and then number three would be um, RE3, because I just have a personal love for yeah, I have a personal love for like RE2, so RE2 is like second, and then three is like third, but it's it's up there, three is a great game Uh, definitely one of my favorites, and I would just put it right up there as one of the best I'll put three as number one like it's definitely um like two and three like neck and neck in terms of like the most times i played especially in two's case because i have two characters and i, I like playing b scenarios so i like switch between the two characters mm-hmm. but no that being said though i gotta give it to three because um uh while it's not as well recognized compared to two because of the various reasons it pushes series further and uh, mechanically speaking in other areas than what the prequels have done and the quality of so, life is great it's it's fantastic yeah. Yeah, but uh, that, that, yeah, like, like all the quality of life um, changes we got in the series going forward, though, three deserves that you no know, that that um treatment that you no know, slap on the shoulder like you did good, bro, that kind of thing. But yeah. aside from that, though, um, I'll put like remake one like underneath it, or I will swap it out with RE two vanilla. Like those two are honestly kind of interchangeable. But Cold Veronica right now is still in limbo because I, I do like it though, but I need to play it more than like once to get a better feel of it, you know? Like I do like the gameplay of it though, but I just need a little bit more hands-on experience with it before I can give a genuine ranking on it. Yeah. Then there's me where I think in my list Resident Evil 3 because it's my childhood pretty much just playing that game. It's the first Resident Evil game I did play other than 4. So I'd put that on top. Number two would probably be CVX. I play that game a lot, and this, it's one of my favorite ones because of the difficulty. And then third one would just be a very close tie with fourth, which would be RE0 and RE1 remake. I think I think well, it actually could probably go with friends. Top three is mine as well. As much as I do really enjoy CVX, like it's not as good. A game for the general player is like the free above it. Yep. Um, RE2, I still think, is like one of the best games of its era, um, just in what it established and like just the the memories from it. Even though RE3 is, is like a mechanically superior title, uh, it's a bit like with me, like I, you know, like I accept that Village is probably a mechanically better game than Resident Evil 7 was, but 7 to me is, is 
it just means more to me, that sort of thing. And Resident Evil Remake is Resident Evil Remake. It's like one of the best games probably ever. So we're doing the best remakes too. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah without a doubt. For a yeah. remake original game, it was just you couldn't do much better. One fantastic. of the best remakes, just fantastic. Yeah, I agree. If we're talking fixed camera only, then if I was going to go top three, I mean, you guys can probably already guess what's going to be at number one already, can't you? Do I have to say <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, it's gonna be two, of course. Oh, damn, I was hoping it would be zero. Dang it, I lost. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, no, zero's okay, but it's, it's not anywhere near my top. But yeah, two just has a very special place in my heart. I've come, especially as I've gotten older, to really enjoy speedrunning it. There's just that sense of familiarity and the rationing. It, to me, it felt like even though it wasn't as mechanically solid as three, just the, the whole experience of, of rationing your ammo and going through the police station and going through that whole experience, even though it's something I replay on a perpetual loop, is just in, enjoyable to me. And if we were to say in second place, it's going to be one remake. The remake of one is, it's, let's be honest, it's one of, I dare use the, the title of one of the best games of all time. It's uh, solidly up there for me. I mean, such a technical jump. From one to one remake it's like they, they took the the bare skeleton and the bare concept that they you know had with resident evil one that was still a very charming but clunky game and made it into something really quite exceptional and then you're gonna have to have you know resident evil 3 uh down in number three still in the top three but just you know third because it's solid it makes improvements mechanically over you know, uh, two. I just find two personally more enjoyable, but I think it's just a, a matter of taste and preference. They're all enjoyable to me. I just like two a bit more, but three definitely de- deserves to be up there. You know, mm-hmm. that's my take on it. Respectable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Divic, uh, did you say yours yet? Yeah. Nope, haven't. Um, Boomer, hurry up. Remake 1 sits really high up there. Resident Evil 2 sits really high up there. I don't really choose favorites because I like them all. I'm going to be that guy. I like them all for their own reasons. Um, fair enough. That's fair enough. But you know, 3, I've put shitloads of time into, so that should probably say something. <laughs> I've, played, I've played 3 more than I've probably played Remake 1 and Resident Evil 2 original. So that should probably tell you where mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but... Yeah, I mean, I like them all for their own reasons, but three is just like if I'm bored on an afternoon, I could boot up three, kill it in an hour and a half or two hours, and just be like, "Yeah, okay, cool." Same thing with like you know, Dino Crisis Two. It's like that's one of the few games I can just hey, boot up when I don't know what to do. Dino Crisis Two, baby, that's good. Gotta love Dino Crisis. Yeah, man, it's up there. Mm-hmm. Nothing beats you know, the smacking up... raptors with an anti-tank rifle. So, <laughs> you know, I just boot up Dino Crisis Three for the memes. Oh wait, there's no, 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 please, no. Oh lord, <laughs> I have no, never even played die. Dino Crisis Three. I don't even, I don't even care enough for it to see anything oh, of this. Oh great, we don't have to that. kill this man then. All right, <laughs> all right, yeah. I'm like last time. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Dino Crisis Three is probably so bad that if you put it into your Xbox, your Xbox would kill itself to avoid having to play it. Let's Oof. be honest, it would probably explode. Like, uh, I know, harsh, I know, but I'm not backing down, I'm standing by it. You can, you can criticize me if you like. 
Mm, Standing I'm, by. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that logic. I'm just going to go right with it. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go on to the last question. You know what, Austin, since you got to go, go ahead and give um, read off number 11 and give me oh, five. I don't have to go, go. It's just I'm on a timer here. Well, uh, well in that case, then read off anyway. Yeah. All right. Having looked back upon Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, where do you think it's, this game stands compared to its modern remake? While some parts were left out, does this affect <laughs> RE's legacy? And I would like to go off to say that I still very much enjoyed Resident Evil Remake. It is... There is moments where I, I do say, like, eh, it is not as good as the original. Like, the original does have more of a campy, arcadic feel that is much more prevalent and much more like true to the base of Resident Evil. But to say the effects Ari's legacy, I mean, let's be honest, most of us here, at least I know a few of us here, would say that the Gravedigger was is probably like the least likable boss in Resident Evil 3 remake, other than uh, all the nemesis fights. Oh you mean the original mine it I mean, honestly, I didn't mind it though. Like, my beef also, like, instead of just cutting it, they could have just like improved on pawn it, you know? Like, that's, yeah. That's I, I have my various reasons why Gravedigger never showed up, other than the fact that they just cut corners. Did we talk about the like, giant ugly worm until now? The Gravedigger. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I meant. Like, we talked about him a little bit in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, all I all I remember is I walked into the fight with a magnum. I fired off like a couple of rounds, and his head came off. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was yeah, like, alright. Grape Dick, Grape Dick is actually pretty simplistic on boss though. But what I do like about it is that you can actually use the environment to kill it. Yep. Yeah, but you can you also kill, kill yourself yeah. with it. I've done it a couple of yes. times. Well, I mean, it makes like, sense. Oh shit. Which is pretty funny sense. in my part, but um. <laughs> Okay, you know, I guess I could get my two cents real quick then. Um, now, uh, it's no secret that I'm a terrible Resident Evil 3 fan, though. No criticism at all. No, I'd be happy to talk about Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. But, you know, okay, on its own, though, the remake is fine for the most part. Like, it is a competent game. Like, it's not, like, you know, garbage. It's not bullshit. It's not broken. Like, it's a competent, well-made game on its own. Matter of fact, actually, I will say I will say this, like, gameplay-wise, it is the superior game to Resident Evil 2 Remake. Not because of the action sequences, though. It's just a much smoother game to play. Like, I don't know what those guys did, though, but it just feels better to play in contrast to Resident Evil 2. But, the problem is, like, on, in isolation, even if you compare it to his uh, original game, it's just lagging content. That's just not just difficulty based. So this is the reason yeah, I, yeah. I, I threw this in in editing, because obviously when Remake 3 came out and it received yeah. a astonishing plethora of hatred, all this sort of stuff across the internet, you know, and there was obviously the things that were cited for the reason the game was terrible was that certain things were either changed or specifically <laughs> yeah. left out. The reason I threw this question in is to ask, does it really matter? Like, uh, you know, because because okay. people, people throw this stuff about mm. it, it didn't have the clock tower, it didn't have this bit for a game that they may not have played for over a decade. Seems we've just spent like all well, this time revisiting this game. Does it really matter that this stuff didn't exist? Okay, well, let me actually get to that though, real quick. Actually, um, honestly, yes, I do think it it does um, matter, but it depends on what it is like. All right, let's say, hypothetically speaking, they um, completely cut out the RPD, right? 
that's a major point for not just in original as well but also in the remake given the context of the story mode right like it, it does matter certain things you could easily cut out or at least alter it to fit in somewhere else like how remake 2 did though but in the day yes um it does matter but it depends on what it is you know when i like clock tower that's a whole chunk of a game gone they could just expand upon like that's gone that's why i think that's a big deal in my opinion um certain enemy types no fine you can cut that out though but fine but at least have something to replace it like they did with remake 2 i mean like yeah the clock tower is the only like sort of egregious thing although i don't think it was the biggest difference i mean obviously jill doesn't go to the rpd instead carlos does he goes there instead so it's kind of like you're still sort of getting the sort of the, the nod to what happened in the old game but it's a bit of a twist which i thought mm-hmm. was really well executed yeah i, I thought it was very very coolly mm-hmm. done um, and it was it was able to kind of like refresh something that you expected to happen because in 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 far in the game it was like oh we're back at the police station what? I remember being here in, in Resident Evil Two great you don't have that same kind of level of with the remakes it's like it's now it's expected you're going to be there so it was a way to keep it fresh and make it well much, that's all fine and dandy completely. but that doesn't make it you know better or or in some cases worse though but it doesn't make it a good thing either you know. Because imagine if um you don't go to RPD at all in Resident Evil 2 remake, you know that right there would be pretty significant. I mean, that's you know? like half um, of the game right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. My point though, like, so imagine not going to the RPD or at least having you no know, a particular event that you no know, played a part um in Resident Evil 3 remake. I was original and not happening in um in Resident Evil 3 the remake. So, like, example, yeah. Brad dying to Nemesis, right? That played a big part of established Nemesis. That didn't happen in remakes, so thus that has changed the outlook on how Nemesis is in that game. But this I is it's awkward because then the problem was is that Nemesis isn't new with remake with the remake. Like he's been in circulation and knowledge for over twenty years. So you don't really have as much. This might sound really crass and maybe slightly ignorant, but you don't have as much of a reason or need to build up nemesis as this big killer chaser thing because it's kind of already slightly the case anyways if anyone who has any kind of passing knowledge of the of the now, you're correct though but that doesn't mean you can't re re um, no. establish that um particular standpoint like yeah yeah like let's say nemesis does kill brad and the remake right you could change how brad dies uh in the hands of nemesis in the remake matter of fact actually they could have done it where brad was killed off by nemesis still in the playstation in front of marvin um with nemesis you know they could have still done something like that the original game was a lot more about building what nemesis is and building up the suspension and dread the remake was a lot more about shock value you know he first started just busting through a wall and just attacking you immediately yeah um you know and just like you know these ambushes out of nowhere Uh, it was a lot more shock value rather than yeah the original game was more about suspension um kind of building up that fear of of concern and dread for when he might turn up next whereas in the remake he just did every now and again and you had to deal with the situation Two different approaches yeah. but i mean if, if i can if i can quickly interject the the whole thing with both of the remakes like i'll, I'll address two and three in this because I, I don't i mean you guys see me talk about it i don't like those remakes very much um it, it's crazy to me how you have this character this unstoppable force and you know you have this crazy bombastic introduction and all that and then he still comes off as like insanely limp dicked like that's the thing that blows my mind about these remake games is they're so good looking and they're so 
tightly controlled and really like they put a lot of work into these but there's some there's something missing from them that just doesn't give that same feeling and i don't want to use the word soul because that makes me sound really pretentious but like the bizarre combination in the late 90s early 2000s in survival horror of like cheesiness goofiness experimentation um and stupidity and just like kind of flying by the seat of your pants with game design all kind of came together to this weird amalgam of a really memorable experience and it boils down to music and goofy line reads and and stuff that makes no logistical sense um and things that aren't necessarily scary but they're fun you know like these new the newer resident evil 3 tried so hard to make uh the nemesis this imposing force that made him boring it sucked him of all his personality that he has in resident evil 3 and so you just have guy in trash bags and he's not even like he doesn't even look cool like if at least if he looked cool when i played the remake i had to play with like 10 mods on just so i could stomach the remake and i hate to admit one of those is jill bikini mod but fuck <laughs> it i'm not that guy normally ever hey. but i was like i need something because i like I, my eyes were glazing over every time i'd boot this game up um and i don't know like i you know i enjoyed my time with remake 2 as much crap as i give that game i still enjoyed it but 3 was just like three hit way I differently know, i just don't know what they were doing like I, I don't understand you know i don't understand the story did they give it to a b team who just didn't really know what was going on are they trying to focus on multiplayer games which is why they put so much effort into the multiplayer part of it because that has tons and tons and tons of stuff in it that like it feels almost like the focus was on that part of the game rather than um the actual single player and doing like a remake of justice for you know for lack of a better term right well, yeah the no i play like completely different team so i definitely understand that sentiment though because like that's how come that's how i feel sort of with resident evil 3 remake no in contrast to the original right like um, you guys run again. I praise Resident Evil 2 to the moon, like the remake. I love that game. I put it as one of my top ranking games, right? But the, what Resident Evil 3 remake did, though, it hit completely differently, but not for the better, or and I guess in some cases the worst. So it's just, if it legit does not feel like a remake, it felt like a whole different game. So if you scratch off like the three, and just paint it as a whole new game, though. It just feels like a light, like a lackluster Resident Evil title. Yeah, I, I would actually, if it wasn't Resident Evil 3, I'm pretty sure I would have enjoyed that game more. Probably not very much more, but I probably would have enjoyed it more than me going through the game the whole time and saying, okay, don't judge it. It's its own thing. Don't judge it against the original. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is fucking awful like i would rather get my teeth drilled at a point than play that game sometimes. <laughs> i had to take i would play for like 30 minutes and i would have to take a break because i'd be like this is this sucks man I, I yeah know. like Res Res the remake is a bit of a victim of what happens when you try and develop two games at the same time to release very close to each other and can't relate to each other now, this is a completely self-inflicted wound like it's their fault that they made this happen because they didn't have to. But it's the direction they chose. Yeah. Um, you know what it makes me think of? You ever see Alien Resurrection? Yeah. Oh, you know, you know that scene oh, where the Ripley is like, "Kill me!" Like that's Resident Evil Three. Like, you set it on fire, shed a tear, and get off the spaceship. Like that's yeah, literally. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> 
game okay, but... I, the game gets a lot mm. of micro details right, but it does yeah. lose a lot of direction in the macro. There's a lot of attention to little plot details here and there, little things going on which tie up very cute and nicely, but the attention should have been on making a much more bigger bigger impression, and that's what Resident Evil 2 did right. It was mm. yeah. for for people who hadn't ever played the series, maybe, or not played it for a significant portion of time, you know, it's, a game like Remake 2 is a fantastic entry point, and I would highly recommend anyone to give it a spin, because I think most people are going to enjoy what they get. Or if it promises it set the bar, I think, to a standard that Resident Evil 3 just wasn't ever going to reach. Um, and it didn't even reach the bar that was set by the by Remake 2. Like, it, it couldn't even surpass it. It didn't meet it. It wasn't as good. And that's a shame, you know, because, as I say, I think the game was fine when i see videos still crop up occasionally in my youtube algorithm saying resident Evil 3 is the worst game in the series i have to laugh because there is uh, i can't agree that either in existence. It's, 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 it's it's not the worst it's not no. the worst not, not even it's like it's, it's, it wasn't even the worst game of the year like it's a complete joke and it's a, it's sensationalism which is what it is resident Evil 3 but, uh... was fine but it was it wanted to be better than that it should have been better than that and it wasn't yeah, but I actually want to finish off my point, though. Like, just yeah. give up my closing thoughts completely, though. But, like, okay. But, let's see, with Resident Evil 2, though, I can look at it on its own lens just fine. Um, even if I compare it to the remake, original, right? No, there's certain things that remake just doesn't do as well as the original. But overall, though, it still didn't necessarily hurt it. It's just, it's just there, right? In contrast to um, Remake 3, though, right? Because, I pl- again, I love 3 a lot. But when I compare it to the remake, though, it's kind of hard to escape it because of like just so many glaring issues with it that I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to just, like leave on its own. But even if I do leave on its own, it's still just not still not that greatest Resident Evil title they put out in recent years. Yeah. Last you know? thing. Last thing I say, and then I'm sorry, I'll shut up. But. <laughs> I'm the kind of person like I grew up playing stuff like EverQuest and Korean MMOs, so I know what it's like to like yeah. stare at a wall essentially. Um, if I have to put a titty mod on a game, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a real, real problem. Because you suggest can... that there is an issue with what you have received as base. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah. Basically, you can dangle keys in front of me, and I'll be interested. But like Resident Evil <laughs> Three Remake couldn't even do that. So that's that's just where I'm coming from. I know that like it does have things in it that I like on like a micro scale like you were saying little details but like just man what a what a disservice to the original and just what a it's like a wet fart of a game man like that's all i can really say about it like yeah stack like take each remake and second towards original most people would agree like no say remake one definitely better than original two it's like interchangeable depending on who you talk to like myself and Claire, right i enjoy remake more than the original two three is definitely that get game that people just will say like remake three is this and just move on with the conversation all right it, it is like... it is subpar and um yeah. there is something i i definitely want to add because a few of you guys have made some very good points that you know i i i agree with brendel's point my thoughts are, i'm gonna i'm gonna try and be positive and then i'm gonna be very scathing because i do have some very negative opinions of three remake but not for the reasons you might think so Brendel mentioned that if you take it away and look at it on its own, separately from the game that it was based upon, it's, you know, it's, it's a reasonable experience. And I've said this to, you know, my own channel and my own stream community. I've said, if you take it away from the game it's based upon, 
and you know treat it as like a, a companion piece to Resident Evil 2 remake and play the two of them together then it can be a good game but when tried when you try to compare it faithfully to what it's based on it falls woefully short and one of my biggest and I mean huge criticisms of the remake comes from one specific segment in the game and it's going to be an argument based purely on mechanics and the soul of survival horror that's the bit where you're in the generator area turning back on the power dealing with the they are they are like the rebooted version of drain demos in there right yes yeah drain demos I, I thought so that part in my opinion runs contrary to the soul of survival horror and i know that's a very very strong phrase to use but that segment by design goes against the very nature of the whole survival horror spirit because you're in a segment with very very cheap fast moving hard to pinpoint enemies that will land cheap shots and then run away from you they are also permanently respawning even though on some difficulties Free remake is generous with ammo it seems very counterproductive to have a segment with respawning very frustrating enemies when you have a limited ammo supply and it goes contrary to the game's mechanics to the point and i know this is going to sound a bit excessive but i i will stand by it to the point where playing that segment puts me off playing the entire game that one segment alone and and nothing else because I have, I do enjoy 3 a lot, original 3, but I have less of a, you know, an, an emotional investment in it compared to 2. So my bar to make that a more passable game compared to, you know, it's um, original is much lower. I would have just said maybe have a segment where you slot in Nemesis and his phase 2 mutation and maybe go through the park, add 45 more minutes into the game, a few more puzzles, and I would have been happy. So my bar's a lot lower, but you still lose me purely on that segment because it's so poorly designed for what survival horror is meant to be in terms of the ammo conservation that runs core through, through the game experience. But if anybody, you know, has any thoughts on that or wants to, you know, counter me or feel free go ahead the um, only thing i'd say is one person's definition of survival horror is very different to another's nowadays it's a very i, know. I do a acknowledge very that loose watery term uh you could ask 10 different people on twitter who played resident evil and you could get probably five or six different answers the only issue unfortunately so yep i i know and i am aware it's a very it's a very personalized statement so that's what i was saying feel free to challenge it's, me it's, if you have a different opinion exactly, you know uh, you know yeah. Remember that that emotional tie thing though. That is definitely spot on, and like in my case, because you no, know, again, I have a bigger connection with R three. Like I will repeat that to the moon, than like R two. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be a bit more critical. It's something that plastered this up as Resident Evil three remake. You no, know, just a simple fact that it's a remake of the game that I really enjoy. So naturally and roughly so, because you no, know, if this happened with R two, someone likes R two a lot and criticizes a remake to death, though they had the right to do it. Now, whether we agree or disagree or something, though, no, that's you no know, different discussion or something, though. No. But they had the right to be very critical of something they don't like, and that um, particular exactly. image. Mm -hmm. So I think it's fair to um use your emotional attachment to for a product, though, so long as it's in, in fair um criticism. Yeah, so I'm gonna be that guy. A fair, a fair judgment. 
I'm gonna be that guy and say I really don't care about people's opinions who complain about the spiders uh I thought that was kind of dumb <laughs> like just a yeah. small just a small stuff like there's been people who have been very unfair to two as from what I've seen where they will literally say that because um a certain small thing like the marshalling yard didn't appear that is the worst game ever it's like some stuff i get uh with uh extending the a and b scenarios to be actually accurate to the original itself because i don't know what they were doing there with the remake and why they botched it so bad uh but that's like fair compared to like something super small but i will say for three for re3 in particular it does lack and I don't know why people make this argument. I, I have to bring it up. I think I got blocked by someone who said that RE3 did not have as much cut content as RE2. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because they cut like whole sections. I played like RE3 recently, the OG one. I'm like, the street section is much longer. It takes like much longer to complete. In three remake, it's like you're just done in about the span of a couple of minutes. So I, I don't get why people tend to say that, you know, it's it's just the greatest RE3 ever, because I, I don't agree with that, but as a game, it's fine, but when you compare it to the original, that's when things get a little dicey. As for the legacy being ruined, and I know I gotta give uh outros to you know Austin real quick. But as for the legacy being ruined, I will say no, because you could always go back and experience that classic game. It's just in the case of the remake and in case of what they tried to do, it turned out to be not as great as the original when it comes to cut content. The gameplay is fine and the gameplay is superior, as I said, but the cut content is it's a lot more inexcusable in comparison to Left the to original. Desired. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I can understand that point. But uh, I gotta go, so I'm Ben A.K. Austin, and skip outros. And Hello, now, but, uh, uh, Bad Mike. You got some fellas? Brando, what is going on? Oh, no. That's Brando. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? I thought Anyways, it was you for a minute. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I thought I thought it was me, too, but um, yeah, I'm Ben A.K. Austin. You can find me on Twitch under the same handle, underscore zero one. You can find me on Twitter at the same uh handle, but uh, it was fun, guys. Resident Evil 3 is still one of my favorite Resident Evil games of all time, and it was fun being here. I'll see you guys later. See you later, man. Take care. Take care, dude. The, uh, the, din din. The, the spider sequence that you're talking about, because I only played through the game oh. once, because that's all I could stomach. Is that the one where it's that, that, that really um, uncomfortable scene where the uh, the thing grabs Jill and, and yes. puts oh, a tentacle down. Okay. Well, no, that's that's yes, like the um, drain the most thing, but because it's oh, way more sexual than that, but all right. <laughs> yeah, well, it that was weird. I don't, I don't know why <laughs> the drain the most shoves the thing down Jill's throat. <laughs> just, oh, God, stop. I'm going to make this worse, guys. I'm, I'm Oh, gonna no. make this worse. Did anybody else notice that she was pulling her face like she just met hentai daddy for the first time? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's so like that whole thing, like I had to pause and be like, what? Like what is uh, like it turned into a completely like it turned into an AO game that you find on the the backwaters of Steam for a second. I was like, what the huh? fuck? What am I playing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, definitely. It was a bit dodgy.
a bit dodgy. Mm. Well, I, I'm going to make the joke that um, is me in the Discord where it's like, well, you know, that thing got to like third base and Chris Redfield didn't. So there you go. I mean, Nemesis got there before uh, hand, but that's for Brad only. So that doesn't count. Uh, well, he kind of got there in the shoulder territory, but that's like the original game. It's, it's uh, the my first touch. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> now, now remember, guys, they're not tentacles, they're consenticles. Okay. In Japan. <laughs> okay. Someone put a gun to my head, please. Yeah. <laughs> consenticles. Yes. And, and now I'm done disturbing you all. Shadow, how do you feel about this? Shadow? Yeah, I'm here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm present. No, I mean, that's why I threw the question in. Um, I still, I, I was, I was always say, I, I, it always makes me sad to have seen Remix 3 get as much stick as it did. I think some of it was not particularly deserved or kind of a bit loose. Like, you know, I've talked about this on many, many yeah. podcasts. There were some easy sticks to be in for like a few weeks. It was the cool thing to do to like hate on this game, even though it was still, like, to me, I think, I think it was. For the general person playing video games, I think the game was was, was still very very playable. Um, now, again, I, I'm gonna be honest though. Like, I don't blame people for going on full reactionary though, because I I don't necessarily feel bad for the game, given how it, the way it turned out though. But I will defend so it when it needs to be defended. On the uh, gameplay definitely well. Look like yeah, that DOS system is fire. It is way better than the original. I, I understand that like we have to give credit where credit is due. It's the first time Capcom was doing something like that. But if we retroactively go back, then we have to say that it had problems compared to how it is a remake three, where it's like it functions much better. It's it's a competent system. I, I don't see why people are like they can't be nuanced about it, you know. Yeah, and the, the mm -hmm. other thing, I, and, and, and the one thing I give the game is that it does try to address some of the kind of plot holes that were in Remake Three, like you know, Carlos goes to Raccoon Hospital, and it just so happens that they have the ability to make a T vaccine there. You know, I, like, is... I didn't find that unrealistic though, because again, the whole area is like under Umbrella's control. So, realistically speaking, though, if they have a freaking pharmaceutical company, though. I want to put past them to have a hospital under their control, you know. But if they, but if they had the ability to make the yeah. T vaccine as pretty easy as it was, why didn't they? You know, right, right. I can understand why Umbrella maybe didn't want people making them, um, and they, they were supposed to believe that they got ambushed and they simply didn't have the opportunity to like make some versions of this, and it seemed kind of dumb. And you know, at least with Remake Three, he tried to address it with the Doctor and kind of his motives and what was going on and with the nest. Like at least they tried to kind of explain it. A little bit more, um, yeah. but yeah, like people still have the opportunity to play the original game, um, which I still think, you know, mechanically is really good if you're willing to stomach the fact that it's obviously a fixed camera angle tank control game, which is not for everyone. Um, but oh, it's not for everyone, or you're not willing to learn. But that's a big difference. <laughs> I'm agreeing yeah, with Randall. Back, it goes back, back to my uh, goes back to my argument of get good fucker. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that. seriously. Seriously, it's like I understand that not liking this at all, but it's not liking it because it's just not for you, or you're just not willing to try it out or learn how to get around it. Because it's, it's I, a big I, difference, you know. But yeah. still, but yeah, I mean, like in a way, because of how Remake Three went on, it probably made people hold the original Nemesis game on probably a higher pedestal than they had originally, even though they may not have played it for a decade. But that's 
nostalgia for you. That's that's kind of how it works. So that's why I threw the question in here at the end. I wanted to see what people's thoughts were on it. It's a solid yeah, question. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't ruin the legacy though, but it sure definitely um brought up the legacy of the original. Because <laughs> yeah, everybody's going back to that one suddenly. This that question also got me to curse so much. I'm Go so ahead. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, fine. I was just saying it turned that question turned me into a huge dickhead. So <laughs> well, we talked about <laughs> um you, we talked about Jill consuming like drain Demos cock. We talked about everything oh under the sun. I mean, <laughs> there there was something Sorry. to be had there. It was a journey, yeah. It was a journey. <laughs> it was for Jill. Mm. Oh my god. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'll stop, guys. I'll stop. But uh, anyway, I I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this a back into a bit more of a PG-13 direction now and sit. This, this whole ruin the legacy thing, this whole statement that people make, this stance that they take, it's overblown. And this is coming from somebody who honestly sees 3 Remake as mediocre. Like, being kind to it, I see it as a mediocre game. It, but it by no means ruins the entire legacy of, of, of a truly fantastic series that has been, has been going for this long. It, it mm-hmm. really doesn't. And you, I'm coming at this from the perspective of somebody who does have a game in this series that he truly, deeply struggles to, you know, remove the blinders of hate whenever he plays it, and mine is six. I have a lot of problems with six, and I wouldn't have the time in the world to to describe them. But putting it briefly, I feel that game by the time we got to six, I'm not going to digress too much here, but it totally lost the soul of what Resident Evil stood for at a point. But even that game that I don't like, I would not say ruins the overall legacy because each of these games contributes in such a way that they all expand on the lore and the story and the things on offer. Not Gaiden, but Gaiden's a Game Boy Color spin-off, so, you know, we can give that one a free pass. But yeah, just, just, just a thought. Just a thought I'm throwing out there. I will, I will say, given all the vitriol that I have towards um, 3, yeah, it doesn't ruin... I don't think it ruins the legacy. That's, that's dramatic, and it's, uh, it's derivative of the point. The old and, and I always say this, um, you know, I've I've got some pretty boomer ass opinions about Resident Evil, but the old games still exist. There are still still people making mods and still people making custom content in the old style. So I'm not gonna run out of stuff anytime soon. I'll play the new stuff. I don't think it's the best direction for the series. I think that Village and the first person stuff. I think that's fine. Do that. That's good. Um, the remake stuff is kind of, I can give it, you know, give or take, but I still have the old stuff. So, you know, if I really don't like it, I just go play Resident Evil 3 for like the hundredth time. doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's bad when the original game has more mods than, their, um, than it's remake. Yeah, I, I barely see mods for on um, freaking remake 3, unfortunately, because, you know, there's a pretty good mods we got in the scene, though, but not enough. Oh, you'll see mods. Do just you guys see you know. the awesome mod they made for two, where you're basically playing as Kevin Kevin Ryman from Outbreak before mm-hmm. the storm. No, it's not I out yet. That. Before yeah, during the storm, it's it's not out yet. It's been delayed a bit. Um, it's been due out. They're looking at early next year. Uh, I literally just did the Marvin mod um, like two weeks ago for um, 
for RE2, which has references mm. to it. But yeah, it was meant to be out about now, but I don't think it is. The, the classic modder scene is just amazing. Like, you get story mods rather than, you know, the, some the, the, the big titty mods. Anyone who's listening to this still, like the Origin of Species mod for Resident Evil, Re- for Resident Evil 2 original. Yeah, that's good. To yes. a game I have ever played in my life. You need to do it. I I come at this still from the perspective of somebody who, full disclosure, is a is a console peasant and can't play the modded content because I just don't have a, a decent enough computer. I and the money I did have spare, I I shelled out on a PS5. So you know, but there there are things that when I get the you know the decent enough hardware to do so, I fully intend to check out because that they. It proves that despite the series being taken in a new direction, there's still so much love for the classic content. And just an, an aside to that love for classic content, I'm one of those people who would just love to see Outbreak and Outbreak File 2 remastered slightly and put on PlayStation, on modern PlayStation consoles with working online. Like, I know I'm in a minority, but I'd love to see that. So, no, I'm with yeah. you. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah, continue, guys. Continue. I'm I'm literally confused by like a woman pulling out liquor from two cones in the chat. Like, what is this? <laughs> what am I missing? Uh, 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 ignore, ignore Renegade. He's just being weird. Uh, in a way, um, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Any closing thoughts? No. TLDR. Something. Uh, yeah. you, uh, I, the I pe- think... go. Sorry, go ahead. No, go. Ahead. There you go. All right. Um, I I always encourage because I know that it, it as time goes on, the chances of people playing original things less and less. If there's one person that listens to this that goes and plays the original Resident Evil Three or just the original Resident Evil games, all happy. Just do yourself a fucking favor, please. It's such a good experience. It's it's yeah. worth learning how to wrangle with tank controls easily. I will recommend using the um the Dolphin Enhanced version because uh, I. Honestly, probably the best way to play it. Oh my god, Seamless HD is amazing. Yes. Oh, wait. Can I I just jerk those guys off for a second? Like, taking the time (laughs) to upscale AI everything and redo the models and redo the the documents and just the little touch of the computer screens or whatever, just things you see for like five seconds in the game. Absolutely incredible. Like, on par with uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rimako. Like, just way up there above and beyond i also like how they up the text as well in the environment so you clearly see like certain words that you couldn't see before on that original ps1 copy i, I thought that was like very well done mm-hmm. in the version does does carlos get to punch a pc to make it work unfortunately i mean that's only remake three but that's still damn entertaining it. <laughs> damn it <laughs> Still entertaining when you see it. Time, everyone. Yeah, still entertaining when you see it, nonetheless. So, yeah. So, I guess we can finally do those outros. Yes, yes, we can. All right. Uh, uh, Fuck it. Ready to get you. You go. I promise I won't forget you. All right. Well, I have to, of course, uh, give an outro to Dom since he had to bail out. So, you can find Dom at uh, BowDevil underscore Dom on Twitter. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at RenOperative underscore. You can find me on YouTube at Renegade Operative. And yeah, I will be trying to upload this podcast and also do 
a couple of things since there's some upcoming events that I need to talk about. All right, all right. Um, Black Shadow. Outro. Yeah. You can find me over on YouTube at Black Shadow Nine Three. Also, currently on Twitch at Black Underscore Shadow Underscore Nine Nine Three. Uh, we're in the midst of Resident Evil month, so I'm playing Resident Evil 5 Professional. We've been upgraded in Night 2F with a colleague. We've got our last stream of that hopefully tomorrow night, uh, being Saturday. Uh, the Resident Evil Outbreak Ruffle Raffle is continuing on with double steps on the Sundays. And yeah, Wednesdays is like moderate runs. Currently running through the the uh, overhaul mod for Resident Evil 3, which is the fe- sequel to uh the resident evil 2 origin of species possibly one of the toughest resident evil mods i've ever played in my life it's brutal but hey it's been enjoyable all right divig our favorite residential boomer uh yep i'm mostly on the discord my twitter's full of horrible shit so i'm not gonna ask people to (laughs) take a look at it (laughs) because half the time when things pop up and i realize that the rest of you follow me i go oh my god so uh yeah all right, all right. Um, Silver Crystal. I'll you something, Alrighty. Okay. You can find me over on YouTube at Silver Gaming Network and over on Twitter on SilverGaming01. Right now, we are currently streaming lots of survival horror, various Resident Evil games, um, four, just done five, one remake, also some classic PlayStation 1 games, and New Tormented Souls. Hey, Very good game. That's cool. That's cool. So yeah, if you're going to swing by for anything, please consider swinging by for Tormented Souls and give some classic survival horror some love. You know, thanks for having me on again. See you again, guys. Hey. And last but not least, you can find this pursuer on Twitter at Immortal Brandle. Find me on Twitter at Sarah Brandle. Everywhere else, well, my home got nuked um, at Raccoon, so uh, unfortunately I can't no, say much there. So living out yeah. of a trailer. Yep. No, uh, just c- cooking hot dogs on the um barrel fire. You know, it- it's rough, man. Umbrella wonder. It- it's rough. The dream. <laughs> yeah. He'll be selling himself on the streets soon enough. You know, before yeah, we man. Bef- <laughs> before we wrap up, just one more final preliminary oh? question here. Uh, uh, extra question. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how'd you guys? Ju- I I know it's weird, but. How'd you guys feel about like Raccoon City being blown up? Oh, it was fucking awesome, man! Like bodies went flying everywhere, people turned to ash. Like it was great. I'm amused at how it's been retconned and re-explained about three times. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a shadow here. <laughs> it's amusing, but I mean, like it's the only way the situation could be resolved. Like it makes sense. The most dramatic way to do it as well. Yeah, I think I think it's fine. I mean, it's not fine. A hundred thousand people died. That's 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 kind of bad. Um, I mean, look, you I, cannot I, pay I, me. You can't pay me to go inside and clean house. Nuke that shit. Yeah, no. I mean, Firma Barrack mm. is the only way you. If, in, if this was real, which I know is a bit of a stretch, kids, but if this was real, that would be what would happen. The government would say, right, we're going to create this barrier. Anyone outside this barrier, get the fuck away. We're about to blow this shit up. Yeah. I can't. Uh, I 28 I days. I don't doubt that. I don't. Yeah, they did in 28 days, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That was the intention, so... Um, the Sandra Bullock movie, or the... 
Oh, 20 no. days later. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that one. I was like, 20. Oh, I thought that was about alcoholism. There was a nuke in that movie. I should have watched it. Oh, my God. <laughs> the one thing I will give Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, though, it has probably the coolest rendition of the destruction of Raccoon City with the news report at the end. Very, very cool stuff. Yeah. I give mm. that. I, uh, uh, I was going to say, I find it humorous from a Japanese game, and I think this has happened quite a few times, um, where they have America nuke itself. I find that infinitely hilarious. Um, when, when your button is a nuclear option to get rid of infection or dinosaurs or whatever fucking thing is thought up, uh, always hysterical. Like, because it's so over the top. Like, we have to orbital strike our own city to save ourselves. It's like, fuck, all right. Like, you're almost in admiration and awe of the stupidity of the plan. It's fucking great. It shows you how mm. knee-deep in shit they are to have to resort to that situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I say let them crash. Nah. I just um, said, like, orbital bombarding our city. Terra Grigia, anybody? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, sure. that was that was not just a nuke, man. They sun, they put the sun on them. Yeah, they was suddenly... like a solar cannon, right? Yep. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. At least it was cool. Mm. I wanted to say that someone said they should have just abandoned Raccoon City and just leave it be, but I'm like, uh, are you stupid. You you guys are what? thinking about like other no. states, zombies going over there. I mean, this, this is absurd. Zombies, hunters, the virus has still contaminated the water, spreading everywhere else. Uh, hello? I mean, if anyone wants any example of why this is the worst plan ever originated by anyone ever, just look at the news currently, everyone. Just look at... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are wearing their um, face not protection and whatnot. No, not again. No, just the needle. So imagine, imagine Resident Evil, but in real life, where that virus turns into some freaking bio mutant. You bet your ass people ain't gonna listen. Like, no, nuke. Boom. The president was talking about nuke in a state just the other day. I mean, just to contain it. I, I get it, man. So, yeah. does that mean that, like, the <laughs> toilet paper is gonna, like, disappear immediately if the T virus happens? Well, I mean, you're gonna need something to cover up his wounds. Well, that's a fair it's point. A nuke a state? <laughs> what? Tampons work good for bullet holes. That's not a joke, actually. He's actually right. Oh, I'm serious. Oh, yeah, he's, he's actually correct. Wow. I've had a medic I that I worked with plug a bullet hole with a tampon. Yeah, he's yeah. actually he got in trouble for it, but I mean, it worked. All right. Well, when I next get shot by someone in something, I'll go for, I'll look for the nearest female who looks to be having their time of the month and say, Could I borrow some? <laughs> Pull a bullet in my brain I'm now. Sure she'll be thrilled <laughs> to assist. Would you be so kind as to give me a Tampax, please? Yeah, I'm sure she'd like that. <laughs> no. 